0: Blackhawks hat, and I was like, what? If I'm not going to a hockey game. That's a bit much.
1: I'm so using the term mourning over something. You well, want to do a show? It's the, you want to do yeah, a show? We can do a show. Hold on. I don't know if I can. I don't. Know. That's the wrong one. I'm playing the wrong music. Oh, no. Hold on. Oh, there it is. It's this one, right? It's, your... um, it's not working. Hold on. It sounds like it's working. Oh, you know why it's not working? Oh, my God. This is amazing. Because I've got this plugged into a charger. <laughs> you know what, John? Ever since I started doing the marijuana, I don't... Is that what it is? I think so. I think I can't function anymore. I honestly it? think that people are really enjoying your. Okay, now I've got Siri on. It yeah. is. I think maybe, or it's the heroin that I've been doing. Uh, okay. I went to that heroin store. That's it's legal now. And I feel like I feel like you would have come go. to me with that if you were going to start. Heroin doing is heroin. legal in California. Right? We, we it is not. heroin everything is legal in California. It is not. No, we're we're, we're a state that just we um, don't care, right? We're wrecking the world. I think that's everything's untrue. legal. I feel that's untrue. Everything
0: probably should be. Preserved. I had a
1: heroin cigarette. Is that? Do, do, is it in cigarette form? You in can smoke heroin. Oh, you can? In a cigarette?
0: Not in a I mean, yes, technically you could, but I don't know that it would do anything for you. You have to do it in powdered form.
1: Welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. I'm Brian Irwin.
0: And I'm John
1: Huck. Who apparently knows what forms of uh, the heroin come in. It's a good Man, investigation. I have read, so you listen I have read to the a, DARE program.
0: I have read. Yeah, you know, I told you that, right? I was mm-hmm. the first class in my area to have the DARE program brought into their school. That's amazing. Yeah, it did so much
1: good for all of us. <laughs> Um, also known as an introductory class to drugs. Do,
0: literally, like, hey, just <laughs> in case you were wondering what good weed looks like, here's a bag of it. In case you were wondering what cocaine looks like, here's a sack. Here's how you'd buy it.
1: Now, that would be funny if they actually were like, what we're going to do is I'm going to put out some samples here. We're going to weigh it out. No. You're going to try it. We're going to weigh it out. I could see that kind of decision being made in the 1970s where almost every decision had to be. Did you ever do the drunk redacted. driving car? I did. Now it's fun. Oh my god! I forgot about that. I totally forgot about that whole. You're talking about the simulation thing, they right? They bring a
0: they bring a car that's with wonky right. with wonky everything, and then they put fun goggles on you, and they're like, "This is how it would be if you drove after three beers." And me and my friends at the, who are also still my friends, the two oh, of that's them, great to hear. Two of them were in my wedding, but both the three of us were standing there, and we we're both like dying laughing because at this point we were 16 years old, and we had not just. Gotten our licenses, but drinking to get we, we it was like it was comical. We, we we all we all laughed, and then we got in the car. And my friend just floored it and ran over everything, and was like, oh, "I don't know, whatever." And they were like, "Well, you would have killed all these people." He's like, "But they weren't people, so
1: that would be the first uh, <laughs> version of Grand Theft Auto." Yeah, it's pretty much it was, what you were I playing. Mean, there. It was I really a fun it. day
0: though, because we got out of class, we stood in the parking lot, everyone was <laughs> hungover, and we <laughs> and we drove around in a fake wonky car with fun goggles on.
1: And learned nothing. So long ago, remembering to learn how to drive. And I remember um, thinking that I was doing, when I finally got my temporary license, I, uh, I had my future brother-in-law. I was like, I'll, I'll, I'm old enough. You, you can drive. And I was, I, I was driving a station wagon. Mm-hmm. Of course, I don't even think those things exist anymore. Do they even make station wagons anymore? They do, actually. Um, and just, I was just flooring it down the street in my mind. But I think I was going about 32. <laughs> but you know, when you first this are learning so to fast. drive, everything seems so... Meanwhile, like your, you... brother, your brother
0: your brother-in-law a walking beside the car. Like, all right, okay, what you want to do now is... is you're let like, me in.
1: Oh, I'm hauling ass! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that is so funny.
0: I know this is going to be uh, dated because the show is I not going to be out right now, but um, the Cubs have gotten rid of Joe Matt. Yep. He has parted ways. And uh, not that he listens to this show... But I would like to say thank you to Joe Madden because 2016, I mean, 2015 was great. You know, everyone back to the future. Oh, the Cubs win the world and they get all the way to the playoffs. And that was fun. But 2016 in July, I got a niece in October. uh, I got a wife. And then uh, in
1: November, I got a World Series. Mm -hmm. And it was a pretty fantastic year. Yeah, no, it's great. I thought it was great for sports. I mean, you know, it's like one of those things that iconically uh, it, it, uh, it it exceeded, I think, for a lot of people. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't just about baseball. No, it wasn't. The Cubs identified, I think, so many different aspects of the world, America, if you will. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the struggle. Right. The lovable losers. Mm-hmm you know never giving up the fact that you eventually got to get there all like everything or movies because it was tied to movies like everything about it so yeah. it was it was huge it, it was might huge have it deal. might have sparked the end of the world but oh yeah that's right something else happened in 2016
0: yeah. well yeah by 2016 by the end it was oops but
1: uh I love the way people talk about we won't get too deep into that but I love the way that people talk about the 26 out here at least for sure the 2016 election The way they talk about how they felt that day is the same way, like when they talk, like for some people, it's like they talk about 9 11. You're like, where were you? Dude. Where were you when that happened? I I called you. We almost
0: canceled doing the podcast that day.
1: A lot of people were bummed. And out here, I don't, I'm I'm not speaking for anyone.
0: No, no, no. no, Yeah. I'm sure there are people celebrating somewhere. But, but yeah, out here. Yeah, there's one
1: guy by me that was with his big Trump Pence flag, was driving around all the, uh, um, let's just say, the Latino neighborhoods um, with his truck. Oh, really? With flag at the back, being a jerk. Yeah. Sign sign um, of things to come on uh, 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 uh the day after. I never it understand turns out. that nonsense. But it's but, but but man.
0: we did we did the podcast. That was the Brody Stevens podcast. Yeah. Ended up oh being, yeah, that's right. Ended up being pretty fantastic and actually taking me out of my
1: funk for a good couple hours. So rest in peace, Brody Stevens. R.I.P. S.B.S. So uh, yeah, so that's a bummer. But yeah. uh, you know, there'll be a street named after him somewhere. Oh yeah, the guy eats steaks
0: and gets beers for free in Chicago for an eternity. Yeah. And also, I did read something. If this happens. I would be pretty excited. I have no idea how good he'd be, but if they put David Lee David David Lee Roth David
1: Lee Roth as the new head coach, David the, Lee Ross, that
0: would be amazing. David Lee Ross, yeah.
1: Do you think he'd wear those pants he wore? David
0: Ross, if they bring him back and make him a manager, that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> sure, yeah. Every, of anyone the Black else, they, Hawks.
1: what's that? Of the Blackhawks. No, anyone else they oh, put
0: okay. in there is going to have a hard time uh, living up to it. I don't care who they are, because no one's going to be as good as Madden was right away, uh, unless. It's David Ross who's already worked with all those guys. I never know. Could yeah. happen. Could happen. All right, anyway, Blackhawks hockey season starts October 4th. Party.
1: There it is on an uptick. hmm. Should we bring in our guest? Yeah. Actor, writer, producer. Uh, here's a. Uh, Darlene Hunt, welcome. Thank you. Thank for coming you. First you guys, off.
2: you're so entertaining. I could just sit here and be an audience that's member. That's normally. I'll back next week. That's what I'll
1: do. <laughs> you're a new professional podcast <laughs> audience member? I go yeah. watch podcasts. Oh, that must I be <laughs> real exciting. I could yeah. see the, I could see the Craigslist post. Um, I'm available for all <laughs> podcast audiences. Dude, for you,
0: honestly, if you posted that on Craigslist, you get would people. get 90 hits a day of people like, hey, you'd come and listen to our podcast? That would be great. Like, yeah.
1: But would they pay? Yeah, they'd she, expect
2: would, money. That's the
1: thing. Ooh. And Uh, no, and would she be alive after about the sixth one? Nothing on Craigslist. Eventually, something on Craigslist equals getting stuff the back of a van. Yeah, okay. Don't you think? I, does two people go to Craigslist anymore? I don't even know. Uh, You know, when I
2: was single. I used to sell stuff on Craigslist all the time and open my door to anyone, and and never thought about it. But now I think I'd 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 be too scared. You
0: did that? My mom would have people come over. I didn't know. Advertise stuff on eBay, and they would just come by to pick the stuff up, and I was always like, "Yeah, good, great, get out of the house and." Years yeah. later, I was like, actually, maybe you shouldn't have strangers come into the house. <laughs> That's exactly.
2: Weird. Y- exactly. Like multiple strangers. I'd be like, oh, yeah, come on in. And yeah. Uh, Wait
0: here while I go get it. And they're just standing in your living room.
2: <laughs> yeah. And exactly. But it was before the first murder. Yeah. Like, it, it, times were, it, it was more innocent <laughs> Craigslist times. Times were simpler.
1: <laughs> you, but Less you did. Did you ever get any of some of the people where you're like, oh. Okay, well, this is how this works. Zero weirdos. But really? I, c- I think it Zero. depends on what you're uh, yeah, selling, Yeah, Only positive. True.
2: And the funny thing is, I remember I had a an Elvis Presley telephone. Oh, wow. That kind of, like, his legs wiggled when... When, when it rang? When it rang. <laughs> but it also, like, came with a sound that was like... <laughs> like, oh, that, kind of, a, you know, an was electronic... Is that Elvis
0: dying, or is that...
2: <laughs> <laughs> it just because it was just, I mean, a little bit cheap or whatever. But I put it on Craigslist <laughs> for, like, $10, and this, like, big... Huge burly man came and picked it up, and it, again, never occurred to me that there would be anything, um, you know, underhanded about it, and there wasn't. He just wanted a an Elvis phone.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what I, I feel like uh, because of uh, like because of what the society we live in, and because of everyone is terrified of everyone else that those days are are pretty much behind us. But like, I can appreciate that uh, being a larger man with facial hair who like. If I try. Wait, to- it was you? No, but I'm just uh, saying okay. like, the fact the that she wasn't discriminatory against just because this guy was burly or showed up looking for a ten dollars phone or whatever. It wasn't
1: like she was still like, yeah, here's your phone. The majority of people are not looking to harm and or Correct. maim, kill, or we even just... talk to.
0: Yeah, <laughs> or even true. talk to anybody.
1: Right, there's yeah. what,
2: how many people are sociopaths? There's like how of the population. There's a percentage.
0: Are they I'm all fascinated in Los
2: Angeles? by it, but <laughs> I but I forgot. <laughs> but then also the other thing of even so, uh, not all sociopaths kill. So there's that too. So right. That sociopaths makes the are. Smaller.
0: Yeah, I believe that there's minor uh, sociopathic tendencies in quite a few of my friends who are very good actors, because they can just be somebody else without too much prep work, and you're like, that's a little bit weird. Um, but, but I think it's psychopaths
1: that do more killing.
2: Oh, is that is that the definition between sociopath? I don't know psychopath? if he is. I guess. I don't know. I,
0: I don't know. I think. Say so with
1: conviction, it becomes the truth. You see how well he presented his case. Yes,
2: exactly. Well that is the difference. <laughs> but here's the other thing. This is fascinating to me. So, a sociopath doesn't necessarily like they don't all. Because I did read a book on this. They don't all kill and murder. However, if they did, if one of the non-killing sociopaths did just get angry one day or by accident kill, kill somebody. They wouldn't feel guilty about it.
0: But they would know it was wrong.
2: Well, sure. They that, but yeah, understand I think laws, yeah.
0: Therein lies the difference between sociopath and psychopath is a sociopath is aware of what they're doing. They know that it's wrong. They'll continue to do it and not feel too much remorse. But a psychopath is like, what? That guy yelled. I stabbed him in the neck. What? Oh, okay. So you have no idea that what you did was wrong. Like, and I think that's, I think that might be... And I can look it up because... Because you have the internet, I think we're we're talking.
2: I think we're talking out of our ass, guys. (laughs) I think so too. These are
0: scientific diagnoses that we need to (laughs) just. You don't need to be. Don't go see a doctor. Listen to our podcast.
1: Back when I was successful in comedy, I used to tell a Craigslist joke because you know back then you know not a lot of guys had Craigslist jokes. So my Craigslist joke was I wanted to sell a couch on Craigslist, so I posted a couch for sale, seventy-five dollars, and my first response back was, "Here's a picture of my penis," and I said, "Well, that's not really." (laughs) What I was looking for, I'm trying to sell a couch. See, I should have been
2: at your show, too. I would have that thoroughly. To a great audience. Yeah.
1: To which I responded to that person, uh, no, I'm trying to sell a couch. That person responded back, said, oh, how much for the couch? I said, $75. I said, I will take it, and here's another picture of my penis. And that's pretty much what I think Craigslist was to me, was guys just constantly emailing their junk to anybody they possibly could. I was
2: going to say, it's like you got to experience being a woman for a moment. <laughs> yeah. How it's wonderful. Every
1: day, right? Not everybody
2: gets that experience.
1: <laughs> I th- I now th- you know. I was <laughs> the more you know. What is that? Is that the <laughs> little a- a- Saturday morning thing? The more you know.
0: I was uh, in, in um, uh, where was I? I was just with Dan Cummins Only you know
2: the answer to that question, John. Oh, Arizona.
0: Oh, we were in Arizona. And uh, we, I was with uh, Dan Cummins, a comic, and we did some shows. And after the show, he does a meet and greet, and people line up by merchandise and whatever, and they're very, usually his fans are very nice. This one lady, one woman in the audience, I could see her in line. She would not stop looking at me, staring at me. And I was like, I would talk to Dan, I would talk to some other fans, and I would kind of like glance the room, and I would see she's still looking at me. She's still looking at me. I was like, I'm like, okay, sometimes people really connect with what I say on stage, and that's great. Then when she gets up there, she ignores Dan. She hugs me. But, like, it's a gropey hug. Like, she's grabbing my, like, some of my back fat a little bit and then, like, getting down towards my butt. And then, like, (laughs) I, like, told the club manager, "Well, that's the most, I've never been groped before. And he goes, well, well, I guess now you know what it's like to be a female comedian. (laughs) I'm like, I can't even, the idea that this woman is like, yeah, I can just grab your butt right there and nobody's going to say anything. I just... It's, she's right
2: yeah I mean I'm she, not gonna be like hey I mean,
0: a woman is touching me <laughs> like I'm not gonna yell <laughs> out but like I do, I do feel like just the idea that when somebody talks to me after show usually I'm like I know this person isn't trying to get into my pants because I am aware of what I just did on stage And you, right. uh, you wear a great belt and I wear a real but cinched but real but can I ask type. you a
1: question you didn't, did she say a word to you she, she was no. That was
0: the other thing. She okay, was that's like, where it gets like, weird. <laughs>
1: and then took a picture,
0: and then like, <laughs> and then like ran
1: away. I guess, but uh, no, you know what though? Some people do get. I, you know, for her, I, she was not. I don't think she was purposely being like, "I'm gonna no, grab no. his ass." I, I n- n- no, I think that people get nervous. Yeah. Maybe she was obviously there is a power of being on a stage that can immediately give people make people starstruck, and they don't they lose their ability to communicate properly, and they act out of Character sometimes. I'm not justifying. It, but, you know, but, but, but I was going
2: to say, I was, you know, but own your feeling. You were made to feel uncomfortable, it and was that t- was your experience, John. I want to validate that.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but also, more so, it just maybe validate f- him enough. I'm yeah, glad you feel. Okay. I already feel for women in comedy. I already know just from be- as when I started in 2000 to now, th- it's it's been s- it's such a hard road. Like the fact that the Nikki Glazers of the world are out there kicking ass is mm-hmm. like. A testament to their skill level and their determination because you gotta wade through a pile of human garbage if you're a woman in comedy, just to get to where someone goes, Oh, I'll take you seriously. And that it's I mean, I would have I I don't know that I would have been that strong. Did
1: I I hear you say at one point that you had been doing stand up?
2: I did a lot of stand up. Okay. I did I was just thinking about that. I I didn't have uh, I don't don't have too many I mean Here's the thing. Where did Not you start? To too political, but I think like working at McDonald's anywhere, women just day to day have a yeah. different experience of <laughs> yes. the world in yes. terms of like, yes. Yes. you know, passes and various things that get said that's frustrating. Um, but I started doing stand up in Chicago and then quickly moved out to L.A. and did like the Laugh Factory and, you know, all the various places and then toured. I went on the road and and middled at some really cool places and. Um, but I didn't have. I I don't have too many negative experiences, and I have a lot of positive experiences of like, uh, male comedians, like People,
0: guys you worked with.
2: Like, yeah. Uh, what was the who
1: window was taking the, you on the road? When uh, was this approximately? That you were doing. Here's
2: it? the thing. I have the worst memory of all time, so I'm not going to conjure up probably one single name. Yeah, that's okay. Um, but uh, wait, what was the question? Oh, just
1: when? When were you doing this?
2: Oh, oh, like um. L- 99 2000 2001 ish. Oh, okay. I did like Montreal Comedy Festival, Chicago Comedy Festival, like whatever. Um
0: Those are big festivals, I Yeah,
2: mean. yeah, no. It was cool, but here's the thing, it was never my true love. It was always like a means to an it was just a chance for me to perform when nobody was paying me or right. asking me to perform. I mean, I got paid for that, but it was like, you know, trying to create your own opportunities. While you were
0: while you were Pursuing acting.
2: Correct. Yeah. Correct. But so the, the form the form of stand up I wasn't completely in my bones. Uh, I was always felt like I was sort of stepping on stage to act a role and if people interrupted me. I mean, on a good night I would go with the flow and interact with the audience, but uh, mostly but I, you was had your there. Material. I was like, please don't say anything. Please don't interrupt me. <laughs> yeah. I would like to just just do exactly yeah, what I plan to do yeah. with no interruptions. Cannot
0: compute. <laughs> but that also <laughs> speaks to... And that's like, my show. But but, you're, but as an actor, did you go to... Did you take acting classes? Did you go to college to act?
2: Northwestern University. So um, you're from
0: Chicago. You're from Illinois?
2: No, I'm from Kentucky. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then went to school in Chico- or outside of Chicago. And I uh, went to Northwestern and then stayed in Chicago for a while and did some theater and... Uh, and then I thought I was gonna like go to New York and be like a really serious dramatic, Broadway actress. But um, but I got my SAG card before I got my Equity card, and I took that as a sign. <laughs> oh, um, that the yeah that and and also I had to realize that I was more of a comedian than a dramatic performer. I was gonna I say, know. are you,
0: do you consider yourself a serious person? Are you when you when you or maybe back then when you were younger you were like i'm acting is dramatic and it's yes exactly this, like this i glamorize I
2: that and i wish earlier on i would i wish i would have embraced like i'm the funny one like that's my thing but I really tried to be an ingenue for a while. You yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. that nobody was buying that.
1: Where did the bug start? In Kentucky before you totally got to Northwestern? Is that is that on why the farm. choice was Northwestern? West Northwestern? I North don't know. You've got an accent. Yeah.
2: Um, no, just, uh, yeah, I mean, I sort of randomly ended up at Northwestern. But, but oh, yeah, okay. just on the farm with like no, there was no like theater to pro- program in my school or whatever. It just. I just had a dream.
0: Did you watch movies? A lot of TV.
2: A lot of old movies. Like I, you know, this is when you're like renting like VHS yeah. tapes. And I, again, that was that kept me out of the comedian thing. I was like watching old classic um, movies, but I don't know anything I could get my hands on. But I, you know, what I appreciate my my parents for, and I, I want to do this for my kids, but I I know I'm already screwing it up because I'm too <laughs> controlling. But because they were like. They were f- like full on, like kind of farm people, and they, nobody went to college. They didn't, uh, hadn't gone to college. My dad, dad didn't finish high school. Like most of my cousins, we, we, it just wasn't a thing. Even though they were very much at an early age, like, and then you'll go to college, and then you, even that was a totally new idea. But then when I was like figuring out where to go to school and said, I'm going to major in theater, like completely, like th- that, there was no basis for that. Um, And then I would get when things start coming in the mail when you're, like, in high school of, like, yeah. every college. Every college
0: trying to get you to totally. give you their money.
2: And I just collected them in a big garbage bag and then went through and, like, highlighted anyone that said they had a theater major and started applying. But my dad sent me down once, and he was like, listen, we didn't go to college. I don't know that much about about it. Um, and But all I can tell you is we'll find a way to pay for it. So just figure out where you're going, and and let us know. And I'm like, that was so powerful. He just gave me so much, and he did find a way to pay for it, and I picked it myself, the school. But, like, with my kids, I'm worried that I'm too controlling and be like, well, have you looked at this? And um, well, now you're kind of good at this thing, and maybe you need to, you know, I'm well, worried I'll micromanage them.
0: Well, because, <laughs> you, because you now, like, to your dad's credit, he admitted he'd never went to college, so he was unaware of... He wasn't going to sit down and say, well, you should definitely take this because it's going to equal this and this is going to be your career. He was just like, look, if you're going to go, you should do what you want to do while you're there and major what you want to major in and I'll pay for it. Whereas now you have a different world experience than your father. So you might be like, hey, what are you doing in that program? That's not going to equal money after college. (laughs) That's going to equal nothing. So you have to do this, this and this. And, And you might be right. You might take over too much and
2: yeah exactly because that's the thing if he had said like how are you going to make money at that yeah or even like he not even wants to be like a theater major yeah what's that mean like didn't even know which is every other
0: parent in america exactly and i
2: think it hurt i was so jealous of all my like white collar friends who'd come from like more affluent upbringing and i just felt like wow they've been to europe what they've had all these experiences but i think they they were a little handcuffed by the expectations of their parents who did tell them. Like, so what does this mean, and when will you know you're successful, and when do you start making money, and what about minor and this and all that? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I, I think that there was a generation, and I, and I now we look back on it. it's there, was, there seemed to be this idea that when you had kids, you basically went, this is exactly how you're going to live your life. And it was like a really weird thing. It's like I'd... I don't need to be you, right? Yeah. I don't need to redo what you just did. There's this weird lineage thing of like, well, this is just what we do. We're the Irwins and all the Irwins do that. Like my parents didn't do that either, which is it's which is also, I think, breaking the stereotype of like all actors and comedians come from broken homes hey, and they and you're hate from their the parents. Midwest, and, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I just my parents were the, my parents were like, whatever, if that's what you want. I mean, the only thing they ever said was you should go to college. Yeah. you better chance of succeeding if you go to college. It's really not a good idea to not go to college. That's That was it. And, and when that, went they went to were... college, they were right. You know what I mean? I don't know. Well, that's I don't know. As... They may have questioned it after they looked at me. After a while, they're like, maybe we're wasting our money. But, I mean, yeah, I feel like it's like...
2: not taking. It doesn't seem to be taking. <laughs> Nothing is sticking, son.
1: <laughs> Nothing.
2: <laughs>
0: I just feel like college he, he is. He might
2: be getting dumber.
0: We... <laughs> <laughs> You're learning. You're not unlearning
1: things, are you? Don't go to college to unlearn. So you, But you left Kentucky le- legitimately from a farm, like you were a farm girl? Uh,
2: Yes. Ish? Although it was, I mean, I think you'd call it a hobby farm now, because my dad worked at the Ford Motor Company, like okay. on, the, on the line making cars. Okay. So it was not, being a farmer was not his full-time uh, okay. job. Understood. But we did have but, the animals and the whole thing.
0: Oh, but yeah, I did, and you grew, did you grow crops? Did you have... We
2: grew some crops and then mo- like I had a garden, but then mostly like we grew hay that then okay. some other people would come and cut it down. And it was a had productive land. land.
1: Yeah. Okay. So and so you bailed at eighteen?
2: Totally. And never went back for more than a brief you visit? Know, so yeah. I went to
1: school very close to where I lived. So for you, did you when you finally decided on Northwestern mm-hmm. is that where you started? Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you take a trip there first with the family? Did you go by yourself, or did you go blind? You got accepted, and you were like, bye, everybody, and you got on the doing. back of a truck, yeah, and they we, watched you no, go we No, we did take, like, a Belky. little
2: weekend. I remember driving up for some sup- super quick weekend. I don't know if I had an interview or, like, a check-it-out.
1: With the family.
2: Just with my mom, I think. Just your
1: mom, okay. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But it, it was brief, and I think I'd already decided to go there. So it wasn't like, it, there was no real touring schools or anything like that.
1: And going back to what you had said before, up to that point in your life, I mean, had you traveled? Had you really seen anything? Were your fam- Did your family ever travel? Did you go? I'd
2: been to Indiana. I'd been <laughs> to Nashville. Okay. Um, all right, so that's two state lines that cross, Brian. <laughs> well, Nashville, I don't know if you're throwing stones. Nashville is
0: a metropolis compared to Indiana, <laughs> in my opinion. But.
2: Um, yeah, we you, we used to go to theme parks. We went to. Okay. Um, by the way, are you watching? Did or have you watched the Ken Burns documentary called Country Music? Not yet.
0: No, is it but good?
2: it's. I mean, I don't know how good it would be if you weren't a country music fan. But being growing up where I did and being a country music fan, like. I, I love every second of it. My husband and I are watching it together, well, and it's super long. It, yeah, it's Ken Burns. Did
1: <laughs> say where Ken does, Burns? Right? Where yeah. does
0: Ken Burns find? What does this guy? Does he ever bathe? Like this guy's <laughs> documentaries are insane. But I've been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I've been to the Country Music Hall of Fame, and I would I would consider myself more of a rock and roller. Sure. But the old school country, there's so much more. It's so it goes so deeper. Rock and roll is like starts like. Hey, what's that? A black guy doing something? Hey, we're going to take that. Get over here. And then that's how rock and roll yeah, starts. Yeah. Country, but which which came out of country music? Like yep. which with bluegrass and all that stuff was like the the history there at the at the Country Music Hall of Fame was was really like moving. You know what I mean? You're like, "Holy shit." Like Johnny Paycheck's car and like all uh, just the stuff you see in there, you're like, "Okay, like these guys were gangsters before there was gangsters. You know, it was it was really interesting.
2: And it came out of it like it was a lot of hillbillies. Like it came from hill people, and they all had these r- super hard lives. Oh yeah, and then they're nothing like, was
0: easy for any of those. Oh, guys. Oh,
2: and then they sang about their heartache, and people felt it and got inspired. But <laughs> the one we watched last night, it was so it went into the depths of like Hank Williams and mm-hmm. how I mean he was like cranking out the most amazing songs and these hits, and then but he was a total alcoholic, yeah. and then it. He got to the point where he was like torn, but he t- 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 talked to a. He was like drugged Elvis before Elvis got hooked yeah. on drugs, and was like talking doctors into like you know shooting him up with with pain pills to get to the next town, and then like finally he. Succ- <laughs> I'm laughing because this- there was this moment in the documentary. With my husband and I was like, "What?" They're like, and then he he passed on, and by morning he was dead. He was 29 years old. Oh, oh. that was it. 29. Hank Williams I at 29. Oh, and I had didn't this, know like, that. I mean, it sounded like he had turned into like this old decrepit man who was like, yeah, all these painkillers because like a it, William
0: Burroughs or somebody. Freaking
2: 29.
1: Yeah, Dang. you forget how much how much of a lifetime some people can squeeze yeah, in that's in a right. very short period of time.
2: Yeah, and all those songs. Yeah,
1: and, Hank, right. and Hank had two kids. How many kids did he have? Because uh, well, there's the. All my well, rowdy friends are. That's that's his.
0: Obama's <laughs> a Nazi, and all my rowdy friends are coming well, over okay, tonight. Well, regardless
1: of his political <laughs> point of view,
0: that's <laughs> his son,
1: correct?
2: Hank that Williams Jr. Yes, yeah.
0: That oh, so that is Hank Williams' son. That's I correct. thought he was a son of uh, Hank Williams' son.
2: Uh, I think Hank Williams Jr. Well, he's junior is junior. the son of the the, yeah, the original I Hank. There may Hank, be a Junior Jr.
0: Who's Hank the third? There
2: may be a du- double Junior or a third. Cause Hank the third, junior.
0: that'd be really funny.
1: Hank the third J. is 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 also it's a musician. Yeah, another Junior on the Very back good. of that Junior.
2: I think you're um, right.
1: Yes. But Hank
0: Williams Junior. Yeah, that all my rowdy friends is. I, I, well, they're
1: coming over tonight, so just remember yeah. that. Now you ready
0: for some football,
1: <laughs> dude? I haven't even made dip. So no, you had not not, so football. Chicago is your first big city. <laughs> totally. Yes. And, and, and uh, I mean, were you were you do you still have do you were, do you still capture that memory of like. First arriving. How bad the to Cubs big, were back then? You know, well, I, well, yeah, yeah, that's everything is always in that <laughs> bubble, yes. Because I still, to this day, I still have like a, I don't know what you would call it, but t- I have a feeling when I think about when I first arrived, because I went from Wisconsin, I'd been to, you know, New York, Chicago, and LA before, but when I first actually arrived on my own, I st- I'll never forget. Wait, where was it? when I When I moved here. Uh uh-huh. oh. I'll never forget what it felt like, that independence, that like, this is my this is my new foreign world now cuz I've committed to this. Yeah. I'm not vacationing anymore. I'm not visiting. This is it. Do you still remember what it was like? Do you have that feeling?
2: Well, I don't know if you were talking about when I went to Chicago, yes. but actually as you described your trip to LA, that's the one I remember okay. the warmest when I cuz it was such a random like I just remember hitting a point after being in Chicago for 4 years and being like I think I should move to a bigger city now to pursue
0: Wow, four the acting years ago. Because long.
2: it's not that long, but you know there's a ceiling kind of in Chicago. Yeah, it's yeah. like, well, are you going to be a stage actor in Chicago and then you can only there's no Broadway in Chicago, right? And there's a limited amount of like film and TV. So I was like, okay, what's my bigger market? <laughs> I think I didn't I, like I said I just got my SAG Carter, but I felt I needed a bigger market, guys. You yeah. um, kind to have
1: but you have to have that attitude <laughs> otherwise you don't
2: yeah, you move have to on, feel right? like you're going to yeah move up. And that had been my goal. Let me get my one of my union cards in Chicago and then we'll move. And then just kind of packed up and drove to LA. But I do remember that feeling of driving into LA. I think it was on La Cienega. And just, like, it was like, a fairy tale. Just how yeah. sunny and bright you and f- warm. You could feel
0: your dreams just like blooming. Yeah, like, oh, it really man, truly. I'm here.
1: I already did it.
2: Yeah,
0: I'm
1: here. Uh, that's <laughs> a big part of it. I think people forget. Just me- just packing up and going somewhere yep. it doesn't have to be L.A. per se. Obviously, a lot of people use that as a reference point because you know there there are big dreams. Um, but th- the idea of wherever it was you came from, packing up and saying. I think the hardest thing to do for a lot of people, especially Midwesterners, is to leave and go very far away. It's a very difficult decision to make. And when you do it, it's so – there's something about it. that There's such a beautiful release, especially when you land where you – a place you've been thinking a lot about. Yeah. And you land there and go, no, no, I'm going to be paying rent here. I'm not visiting here. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not just here to get a cheeseburger and leave. I'm going to change my license, and it's yeah. going to be a California <laughs> yeah. driver's license. But not license. right away, because insurance right is <laughs> very <laughs> expensive. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. So Eventually I'm going to try to live going to see it. how long I can, I can
2: make this yeah. work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you do yeah. that? Uh, yeah, for it. a long time. I, yeah. I, 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 it wasn't until I got into a car accident that I finally had to.
2: Yes. And I was
1: like, oh, and everything's about to get more expensive. Oh, I had to do
0: it my first year, because my parents were going to Vegas, and I was meeting them out there, and there was something... With I needed a valid ID, I, something something. I needed a California ID, and I was like, "Oh, all right." So I went to the DMV and got one pretty quick. And I was like, "Yeah," but that was when I first saw my California driver's license. I was like,
2: "Like, look at still me." Still
0: same fat ugly face in there, but I was like, <laughs> "No way, hey man! I'm doing it. I am doing <laughs> it."
1: Eventually, I'll lose nine of these chins. As you trying to get a fake ID, they're like, "Dude, uh, you're over 21. You're There's no need for a fake ID." <laughs> At this point, I don't You're know. Like, I just
2: want somebody else's face on my. Idea. I just need a <laughs> better looking
1: license. Is that so wrong?
2: Well, then, fine. Give me a haircut. Is there someone who can cut my hair <laughs> yeah. before I get my picture? Taken? I was told there'd
0: be makeup and hair. <laughs> What's
1: going on? I'm ready for the chair. <laughs> So when you uh by so by the time you were at Northwestern, you were doing your thing. So you said you got SAG in Chicago. So right, were you uh, doing right. commercial work? Or yeah, how I think you, I okay. got a
2: couple commercials. And that
1: was it. Just takes a couple. Yeah, and I you know. I was what, that
2: what? one casting director who was like really you were great, liked. and I was like, somebody said I was great. But, <laughs> yeah.
0: but, but also, you like red hair.
2: That helps. Yeah,
0: you're you already just hair alone. you then stand out above people, and in the commercial world, you know, and this isn't. You, but like when I first got into commercials, I didn't. I, you know, my friend was like, "What? Do, what do you see?" I was like, "I see a McDonald's commercial." He goes, "Yeah, but who's in it?" I go, well, "A bunch of weird-looking people." He goes, "There's no reason you can't be a commercial actor." And I was like, yeah. "Huh?" You know what I mean? I was like, "Yeah, I guess." And then that's it. I was, Th- I was like, you? character?" I was character <laughs> actor for like, you know.
2: Yeah. No, I mean literally looking at you because the funny thing is when you're uh, like a redhead, and by the way, it's not. I wish I'd embraced the red more because I was always trying to change my hair color and do different things, but. um but then they always like would they marry you with redheaded people, which yeah. it almost never happens. No, th- you don't in see fact, a redhead married to a redhead. but In, in commercials you do. Yeah,
1: well, I never thought about that. That's, they do
0: now. They used to never show mixed couples. Mixed, yeah, now mi- it has changing, yeah. Now they've right. changed. Now, uh, now when you watch like McDonald's, especially, be like, here's a gay couple giving birth to a cheeseburger that's gonna be eaten by five <laughs> <laughs> five trans people. Like, oh, is that an no, commercial? no? But oh, okay. they're, they're, right. they're like. You can tell sometimes they're like we are
1: diverse, and you're like, yeah. yep, I got it, I got it. They should just all those commercials that try too hard just needs to have a, an executive just walk in at the end of the commercial be like, how oh, you guys, huh?
2: Yeah, huh? look at how us. Do, we do it. Look at us. <laughs> high five. You'll buy this
1: product, right? <laughs> high five. TV set. High five. Just put your hand on the TV set.
0: But yeah, no redheaded people are not um, mating enough, and there is concern that the redheaded gene will die out. I heard rumors.
2: But That's fine. <laughs>
0: Really? You're okay? You'd be I'm okay def- with that?
2: <laughs> I mean, like, what? you studied in history like, books. What are, what are, what are we going to fall on our sword for, guys? <laughs> we're like, we're trying to try to keep the red-headed gene alive. Well,
0: I'm definitely not going to go out of my way to go divorce my wife and marry somebody with red hair because of it, but...
1: <laughs> Sweetie, I have, there's a couple things we need to talk I'm about. I'm trying
0: to keep I'm, my bloodline yes. just,
1: alive. That's all I'm doing here. I'm just trying to keep the bloodline alive. <laughs> Imagine a world page, with right? no red-haired people.
2: <laughs> Think of it as donating sperm, but in a yes, <laughs> I don't know.
1: I'm going to the redhead bank again today, sweetie. Okay, <laughs> well, there's yeah, going to be a lot of little Johns going around. You
0: get you get into commercials in Chicago, yes, yeah,
2: and then came out here, and then that, and then kind of doubled down on the stand-up as a chance to perform, um, and then got. A commercial agency, so kept doing that for a while.
1: I'm gonna stop you just for one second because I have to ask you. Stand up to just start in is, is, in the beginning, is not fun. It's very hard because stand ups are a little bit kooky, uh, they're a little bit territorial. So um, I'm just curious, like, what, when you went, I'm gonna do some stand up, did you start, was that out here, a choice that happened out here? Uh,
2: I mean, I've maybe done it five times in Chicago before. Okay.
1: So, but, so you get out here and you're like, I'm gonna do this. Did you, was, no, it was okay, you or mean,
2: honestly, like I didn't, I, I think, cause I'm a little bit dim, like I just don't, I didn't, I just kind of like, hey, I'm gonna go do this now. Hey, who's you guys doing? Um, stand up. Do I sign my name on a list here and I get five minutes to open mic? Great. You seem nice. What do you like? I'm so kind of naive. Like if there was like if it was dark or competitive, I don't think I even picked up on it. But I just yeah, I mean I did my. My the open mics, and then you you like literally sleep on the in front of the Laugh Factory so that you can. Oh, sign you did up that Tuesday on Tuesdays, times, yeah. many times. Yeah, I
1: don't know for, for some reason I never did that. I did wrote, run an open mic in 2000.
2: Oh, oh I yeah, wonder if I Bar did that ever. Hmm. out I in Culver City. I'm gonna
1: go through. I ran them all over the city. I'm gonna go back to all my. I kept all my lists. I'm gonna find That's your name amazing. on one of them. I bet you we cross paths at some point.
2: That's funny. I mean, I don't remember being in Culver City, but maybe who knows? Um, were you
1: drinking back then? Like but one mm-hmm. hour? okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, well, but yeah. So so yeah, I was just kind of doing my thing and and getting a certain amount of validation from. I got a manager that way. That was kind of helpful. But then ultimately, I wrote. I wrote like a oh I did groundlings the the. I was gonna ask you if you did improv or anything yep. like that. Yeah, yep. again, not like I knew it wasn't my real thing. I didn't love the character work or whatever, but I liked the community. And so,
1: is that was your reason why you did like groundlings and comedy, or were you trying to broaden your scope of like what?
2: I was trying uh, to stay busy. I was like, okay. what does one do when they're, you know what I mean? Yeah, like in between ha-
1: auditions or yeah. whatever, yeah. So you didn't look at it like muscle building, per se? Uh,
2: I guess I kind of did, but I, I, I was looking at like the means to an end. What do people do? Because there's different improv places, but I was like, what seems like the most, most like... Um, the one that's been around the longest, the most f- famous people come out of. Like, what oh, should okay. I? Like, what's my quickest road to fame? My mm-hmm. best friend, Liz Feldman, always says, Stop saying you want to be famous because it's like, you know, famous people aren't happy necessarily. And I'm like, Well, but that's what I want. So I <laughs> keep saying Well,
0: up. you want, so. <laughs> would you say that you wanted fame or do you want to just be a working actor?
2: Well, what? that's a thing. I, I mean, I, I think I legit wanted. Both. I wanted to be successful, but to the point where people would recognize me. I mean, I want the, you know, I'm, I think I'm. Narcissistic enough that way, as many actors and performers are. I'm like, yeah, hey, I want somebody to stop me on the street. And
1: yeah, and uh, there's nothing wrong with saying that. It's pretty obvious that well, what Liz we do. Thinks there is. What's it? Well, well, okay, Liz.
2: We'll have Liz on. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll, we'll have a talk. Liz, come on <laughs> out. Liz, Liz, Liz is in <laughs> the. We other have side. Liz
1: it, here. This is
0: your life, everybody.
2: <laughs> Wait, I'm going to brag about my friend Liz. She created the show Dead to Me that she's in the middle of production of right oh. now. But have you seen that on Netflix?
0: I ha- the Christina Applegate. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's amazing. That's we, Liz's me, show. and my wife watch it. I. At first, I saw the title, and I got a little bit nervous. I'm doing something that is about the afterlife a little bit, and we're trying to sell that. And I was like, oh, please, God, don't let this be a thing about Christina Applegate being a ghost or whatever. And, like, it that it's, we really like it. And the it's way fantastic. it ended, they're doing season don't, two, don't right? Don't spoil it, John. The way it ended, Christina Applegate wakes up. She's on the set of Married with Children. Bob wow. Newhart comes out. Wait a minute.
2: It's incredible. Keep going.
0: <laughs> the ending is great. I mean, the ending is, like, I, that's amazing. what that's what I needed. I needed that to go. Yep. Now you guys are together.
2: Yeah. Yep. Did it. Now you're. Done. Now you're gone and so, done it.
0: Yeah. So I'm very. We're very excited for season two. She created that show.
2: She created it, and I met her at the Groundlings. <laughs> and, Good um, for her. Yeah. And then we always want to work together, but then she's so successful doing her thing. And she
0: can't throw you on there. That
2: busy. Well, you know, we talked about that, but then I already had a couple of plates spinning on my uh, own. So this lady's busy. Too busy. Know. It was exciting. No, but the,
0: how nice is that to be? Like, literally, if someone asked me to do something today, I'd be like, I have no choice, but to say, yes, I have nothing <laughs> I have going no on. You're like, we even if choices.
2: I said I was doing something else, you would see it on yeah, my face. Yeah, you'd know. You'd know I was lying, of.
0: and I would be there at 8 or whatever time you need me. Um, Don't ever give
1: up. You always, We always have a choice. No, I know. Always. I know. But that's have great for choice. your friend.
0: I mean, that's a, th- that's a fantastic show. It's so. amazing. I'm yeah. so, so excited for her. And I love Christina Applegate. And uh, who is the other girl in there with her?
2: No, don't put me on the spot. Oh, yes. She's Sorry. so talented. The dark-haired.
1: Yes, uh, uh, Linda Cardinelli. Thank you. Yes, correct? from yes. yes Linda By graded, the way, and I just Freaks saw and some, geeks. yes, and I just saw some that just came out celebrating was at twenty. How, how long Oh, was Freaks the Freaks and geeks? geeks. Yeah, I didn't realize that every single one of those cast members has gone, gone on to do very well. Super Amazing. famous. That's uh, that's Great that's casting. an anomaly though too. Yeah. Like it doesn't normally play out like that. No, not but normally. that's
0: but also that should tell you how talented that cast was do you know what i mean like that's that freaks and geeks was a but great a, but great show so
1: but here's the thing and going be pulling back the curtain the people in the system at that time you have to give them the, the props where props is due right? i don't know whoever whoever the casting people were like whoever saw something in those people I collectively agree. i mean that's that's pretty amazing yeah. so whoever had that i mean think about that they pu- they plucked these people out to get the directors and the producers to look at it, they sign on on it. But those people initially had to know, you know. I mean, that that's credit where credits due. Look, I mean, there's some people that cast will never of get together, right? But I'm just saying, it's like the, we don't give those people sometimes enough credit for the fact that they they pull them from somewhere. They had to have seen something in those people.
2: I know. You know what? I'm this project that I'm doing now. We're just looking at casting directors, and it. I, I'm thinking of it not that pre- um, of like that it, that is a important important job yeah it is important and I, and as an actor i've always, i get so excited when a casting director calls me in or they're nice to me or they say i did a good job whether or not i even get the part but then, on w- even when you're thinking about casting a whole project, you're like, "Wow, who's going to be?" And there's a million amazing casting directors in LA, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it is a real skill. It's an amazing thing to put those. It is. There's together. a reason that
0: they get Oscars and Emmys and stuff like that. I mean, those people are deserving of that.
1: But <laughs> casting directors still do not correct. That wasn't that the big argument years ago that the uh, Academy Award well the casting Academy, at least the Academies do <laughs> do not I think not acknowledge. Casting yeah. as, as a category, there's the actually Emmys a whole does. documentary about it. I thought mm-hmm. I thought think I saw you're something. You're
2: right. I thought I read something about that as well. But then they have their own like CSA awards yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But
0: also the it. Creative Arts Emmys, um,
1: they do acknowledge they it
0: because okay. I know that the uh, person who's casting for Shark Tank w- w- was like, hey, we want to be in this category, you know. And uh, then okay. and then with a letter was like they were like, oh, because they always looked at it as a reality competition show, but. Those people are cast and vetted and they're yeah. not really, it's not a competition in the sense that this guy is pitching against that guy and they have to, who's going to win? It's like, right. it's a competition in the sense that they're both they're all on there trying to get the m- most amount of money or whatever they want for their, their company. But but that is that's cast. Those people are picked. Those people are found. Those people are talked to. Those people are, and that's just on a reality show. <clears throat> I think it's just as important, like you said, trying to find people that are going to, like, that you can show a producer, and also show um, the creator of the show, and also show other cast members, and they're all going to be like, yeah, we like this. part." Like, just to get everybody to agree on somebody is almost impossible. So when you finally put them all together and it works, it's just like kind of a relief
1: of like, oh, I was right. (laughs) And I'm going to time jump just for a second because I know that you do show running. And I've always been fascinated with that concept of like what all falls under that umbrella. And I know you and I, Had had a brief conversation on set about this, but not too detailed. In the fact, you were kind of sharing your story about the the first time you had to do it, and you were talking. And I'll I'll have you kind of um, go back to that. uh, What you were telling me is that you were brought in at the time when you got it. You're like, "Well, I'm not. I don't know how to show." And they give you kind of a somebody that kind of guides you. Correct? Is that what? Yeah. And and that specific. I guess we'll just we'll go to that for just a second. So you you're uh, you created a show. Yes, the big C. The big C. Oh.
2: Yeah. Right. Really? First Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Laura Dern, right? Uh, no, but she gets mistaken for uh, Laura Linney.
0: Oh, that's what I meant. Sorry. That's, that's what so I meant.
2: funny mm-hmm. that, but she'll often say <clears> people see me on the street. No,
1: like yeah, ladies it's, and it's gentlemen, <laughs> Laura Linney, please come in here for a second <laughs> oh, I, to uh, take uh, confront John. On I the dated
0: night. a girl who very looked a lot like Laura Linney, and she got that all the time. Yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. That yeah, funny?
2: yeah. Yeah, there you go. She, anyway, she's amazing. But yes, I created that show, but I had never run a show before. And in fact, because I had been an actor and not a writer mainly at that point, I really hadn't been on in a writing room that much.
1: And be, and, and explain to us how that even came about. Somebody s- saw you, liked you, said something to you and said, hey, I got an idea. Can you Take care of this for me. Like, how did it come about? Yeah, how did your idea like, go listen, from? I got an got idea. A, yeah.
2: Somebody I met on Craigslist. Yeah. So <laughs> can you? So do I sell all my me? ideas on <laughs> Craigslist. I only
1: got pictures of. Okay, all right.
2: So. Um, no. So okay. So when I was doing stand up, then I and I was doing groundlings. I kind of wrote this this play. It was almost like several sketches put together for a play, just to give myself a chance to perform. I was doing the Artist Way, a book I highly recommend to any person with an artistic bone in their body. Mm. Um, and it inspired me to write this play, and I just it out some theaters in L.A. and put it up. Um, and then, crazy thing, uh, my f- friend who I was doing it with, his good friend was Sean Hayes, who was starring on Will & Grace at the time. Yeah. And Sean Hayes came and saw it, and he was like, oh, I love this. Can I be in it? And I was <laughs> like, okay. What? Yeah, of course. Crazy. So I wrote him a role. And he is just such, he just likes to have fun and perform, even though he was starring in Will and Grace at the time. But that should
0: tell you who he is. He's a guy who, like you said, he likes to have fun and perform. Yes. And if Will and Grace, that's one thing. Yes, this is fun. I'm performing, but I've got extra time. And now I want to be performing some more on a different thing. Just a
2: true artist. So I put him in the show. I wrote this part for him. And then everybody in town came to see it. Love it. And then these big agents came out to see it. And I I mean, I was not a person who had, like when you talk about the big agencies, I like I had just gotten like a very small agency who I'm not even sure they knew my last name. <laughs> but um, <laughs> these big agents came to see it, and they, they were impressed by the writing. I was kind of, I starred in it, so I was kind of like, look at me. But they were like, well, who wrote this? And they're like, Would, we'd like to represent you as a writer. And I was like, Ooh, I'm not really a writer. And they were like, but you wrote this. But you are. (laughs) It's like, wait a minute. I I mentioned before, I was a little dim. Um,
1: (laughs) Rule number one, say yes.
2: Yes, yes, and. (laughs) and. Um, So it was very emotional at the time because I thought I was sort of giving up my acting career. Um, Interesting
1: way to look at it.
2: Yeah, but then someone, an acting coach, gave me the advice, ride the horse in the direction it's going. So I did. I said, fine, sign me up. Let's try this uh, writing thing. And so my writing agents really kind of nurtured it. They're like, well, let's try to sell this play as a pilot idea, which we did. And then I wrote it and we shot it as a pilot for ABC.
0: That is kind of insane. Kind of insane. The thing you wrote to keep busy and give yourself a vehicle to act is purchased. The first thing you wrote, I mean, that doesn't,
2: that's not normal. It's not (laughs)
0: He means that in a positive way. In a very way. positive 100%. way. 100%.
2: Like, people but write
0: and write. Oh, I didn't buy the th- they only bought the 400th thing I wrote. And you're like, oh, okay. I don't have 400 But then ideas, what I always so. say, I was like,
2: I had so many rejections as an actor. So it's not like I didn't have a whole like, stack right, of rejections right, 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 that right. had piled up. You
0: didn't just show up going, I got this thing. Here's exactly. money. Exactly.
2: Look at me. This yeah. is how you do it. How did you guys do it? God, how did everyone
0: <laughs> make their millions? <laughs> <laughs> it was so simple.
2: Um... But so that so that show didn't get picked up to series, but but it was made into a pilot, and then that kind of started a thing where then the 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 networks knew me, so then every year I'd go in with a different pilot idea, and um, someone would buy it usually, and I'd write it, and it wouldn't go, but I'd write another one. Like you know, that's the kind of thing of like once you get into that arena, it's like well they trust you to write write a good piece of a. Uh, a, a pilot, but yeah. it's still super hard to get into those final four people that gets their show picked up.
1: So, can I ask you a, yeah. a, a quick question in respect to that part of the process? Um, do you, is it is it just like auditioning where you realize? Except this seems like it's more like paid auditioning, if you will, right? Because every time they ask you for a pilot, I'm assuming they're not asking you at, on spec. You're getting paid. That's
2: right. You pitch for free, but if they buy it, then they pay you.
1: So right. you make some money to still get rejected because yes. it hasn't made it. But, it, but you're starting to learn that there, that there's at least a, a paying process to yes. this, this game, correct?
2: Yes, which was very satisfying to do that while still auditioning and, and that kind of thing. Um, and then, so after, like, literally, I think I, I added it up once. It was 15 pilots I wrote before I sold The Big C. Wow. And then that was the one that was finally like, let's make this and then let's turn it into a series. Um, and then they partnered me with somebody as who was a certified showrunner, which when at the time when I was first learning this lingo, I always thought showrunner was like the coffee person because it just sounds kind the of like runner. <laughs> the word runner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now you know it's like the the head honcho, the person they get who's the really most coffee,
0: but it's brought to them.
2: <laughs> That's exactly. They order the most. Yeah. Yeah. And they pay for nothing. <laughs> no. Pay for
1: nothing. In the process. Okay. So, I I find this this part of the process very interesting. So you, you write the pilot. You pitch the pilot, they eventually call you and say, All right, we've picked, we've decided we're gonna pick this up. Yeah. At, at before that part of it, have do they even ask you, like, or they pretty much know that you've never run a show, so they already say, like, we're gonna pick this up and we're pairing you with it, or do they bring you in first and talk about that stuff and go, Yeah, I don't think we can you're, you can't do this. You're going we're gonna have to give you somebody. Or do they say, do you have somebody in mind?
2: Uh, I mean, it could go any of those ways, but usually, I- if they're paying you to write it, then they're uh, they they wouldn't then not pick it up because you haven't run a show. They then they would. G- so they they let me be the boss when we shot the pilot.
0: But now, so it wasn't
2: until they picked it up to series that they're like, "Okay, we're going to bring somebody on to help you run it," because oh, then it's such a bigger you, animal. You.
0: Because, but also, even with, for the pilot, is it is it is that kind of par for the course or standard to be like, okay, this is the person who created the show. She is then gonna also be in charge of running it.
2: That that is standard. It is. But usually that person has enough experience. Well, here back in the olden days when everybody kind of came up through like you you were on staff of a show for ten years before you'd go create your own then everybody knew how to do it by that point. But now especially because there's so much content and because people are coming at writing from different ways, some people are coming up from being playwrights and all these different things. Then it's now it's much more common, and it it was starting to be then when you could get a show picked up, but you didn't actually have the experience to run it. And so since that, so I had someone come on to kind of help and teach me. And uh, and is then that their
1: job? Are they told that in advance, or some some people are just career showrunners, and so like they're tied to the network or whatever. And that's how they make a living. So they just they're they're the showrunner that moves around. That's kind of their gig.
2: Um, Not totally. I think most showrunners ultimately like want to be running their own show and their own idea. Okay. But sometimes, uh, you know, I think you get to a point maybe where it's like, um, I'm dried up of ideas, but I've got like I I am the person. uh, Like a studio might have an overall deal, what you call like an overall deal, Uh where they're like this person, this experienced person, and then they can tell that person to go anywhere. So if they pick up a show from an experienced person, they'll be like, hey, Bob, we got to deal with you. We're going to make you go over here and run that. And usually that can be a great thing. Okay. I mean, they'll, they'll make sure that the creator, they Choose each other, they okay. don't force it's someone out. It's not like here, you have to
0: have this guy who's never done a show about cancer or never had this kind of topic or whatever. Well, right, also, right, right. I asked, like, that they bec-
2: had me meet people and interview did. people, and yeah. like, who, I what who clicks my with person? you because, yeah.
0: it because in their head, I mean, if it does go to series, you're going to be the one in charge, you should also like who you're being taught by.
2: That's right, and, and it goes different ways. So sometimes the showrunner they put with you will. Will stay on for the entire duration, or maybe they'll just work on kind of teaching you and helping you, and then in the second or third season or fourth, they may disappear and let you run it. Right. Okay. There's also time, I mean, then there's a lot of horror stories where it's not a good marriage, yeah. and the creator ends up getting fired, and the showrunner just takes it over. Oh, interesting. Man. Oh. Sometimes the reverse, sometimes like b- b- the showrunner they hired will, will move off, and they'll. They'll let the creator take over early. I mean, there's a lot of like crazy my, stories and stuff. And my that can guess happen.
0: would be that the most common of that would be that they fire the creator and let the showrunner take it over. Because once the show is being a lot of made, stories like that. Then they're like, What do you want to do? And the creator's like, No man, my vision is to do this. And they're yeah. like, No, 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 no. Your vision is wrong. Yeah. But but it's my thing. But we paid for it. Yeah. So now goodbye. And now, hello, this other person who's going to take over an idea that's not theirs. Yeah, Yeah.
2: and sometimes it's just... But I will say that the shows I've been on since... When I've been that person that that comes on as the showrunner to help the less experienced person, um, I've had some some great marriages, and it's been really fun. Because I really think of my roles here as, like, I'm here to be the wind beneath your wings, and I can tell you, like, now we need to hire these four people, and these are things that you need to do along the way, but I'm I'm going to... I think of my goal is to help that person's creative vision get on screen. So I, I try not to like force my story ideas so much in a way because I didn't, if I didn't create it, then I'm just honoring that person's story. And a great example is there's show, a show called Good Girls Revolt that was on Amazon and we only got one season. It was, uh, but it was really special and um, the creator, Dana Calvo is a former journalist and she's amazing. Um, And we had a blast together. But I'm not a journalist. Like, that. It is so not my skill set. So I was like, listen, I know all the pieces about how to tell stories and how to get this going. But, you know, you have to kind of, you have to deliver the stories and and the newsroom stories Mm -hmm. and and, and all of that. And she did. And it worked out great. We had one season. And now she is currently working on a show where she's the showrunner. Helping somebody else. Oh so. wow, that's
1: great. So go, so going back to the the C word. So okay, f- you've gone through this process several times. You're just writing pilots. Yeah, and you finally you make one. Yeah, and then they say, "All right, this is a go." Yeah, and you're obviously excited and stoked, but also <laughs> that's like a big that's a now the heavy lifting, right? This is like, yeah, it's not just one episode <laughs> anymore. This is like a world, right? Yeah. So what was that like? And and and. It, and did you rely heavily do you do you immediately rely very heavily on that showrunner just to get going or, or were you a very analytical person and you were already trying to Figure out this world before it happened.
2: Yeah, I mean, I that's the thing. Even when you pitch just a pilot, you also kind of have to pitch the season. Yeah. So I went in with some really clear ideas about, like, um, you know, the stories that we that I wanted to tell with these characters and where it was going to go and where it was ultimately going to end. And uh, and so yeah. So then and then you get. I always think of that that dream job, even though it can be really difficult and sometimes toxic and all of that. But really, I think of the, when you're in a writer's room, I'm like man that this I always try to like be grateful that that is the dream job. I mean people all over the country are like what would, would it be like if I got to go to to work every day and sit in a room and like come up with fun stories to tell yeah. and jokes and make people laugh and um, so that, and then, then by that time you get to like hire all these other amazing minds. So it's not all on you to tell the stories. You get to create stories together. And yeah.
1: specifically in relationship to that, your first time, uh, because it was your first time, how much, oh, in, uh, how much were you involved in the hiring of the writers and the creative that that part of the creative thing versus what the expectations are for the showrunner? I think a lot of people don't really fully understand like how much how involved is a showrunner. On, on what levels, like so, when you you get know, kind in of a
2: hundred percent. I mean, the, ultimately, the showrunner has the final veto power. So uh, for even, everything, yeah, creatively I mean, I or there
1: everything was, production related, mm,
2: everything really. But that's why I say, if it's a good marriage, then they may defer. If they're like, well, you know what, if that's this is creatively how you see it, or if that's the person you really want for that, then fine. I'm a little skeptical, whatever. But ultimately, the the network. Has put that showrunner in place because they know and trust that person, yeah. and they and you're, <laughs> and you're the, the more one not they're taking the chance yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: And S- for you, so there's there's this there's the writers, there's the scripts, and there's the casting, and there's the director. Those are all, as you know, those are all creative decisions. That if you don't do it right, any one of yep. those things, it's done. So what was what was the intensity level of that like? Once you go to once you know it's going to series. Or did you, the, were, everybody was locked in on the pilot. I mean, not the director percent. I know some of these producers just do pilots, and directors just do pilots and they move on. But um, you, was your pilot the same cast when you moved forward, or did you redo stuff?
2: Uh, same cast... I think we may I think we actually may have recast a doctor role and it was like one scene or something.
1: And for you how heavily involved were you in the casting part and I mean, the writing part? I mean all of it. All were, of it. Oh, yeah, oh, so yeah. So they yeah. did allow you to Yeah, have, no okay. we,
2: we we essentially worked as a team. Okay. Uh for sure. Um but but yeah, so we we did work work as a team and I was involved in all of those decisions and I mean it was also like it's a little bit there's a part of me that's like oh let's move on from the subject because <laughs> but i'll tell you why i was pregnant at the time i oh had man. a baby like right after we cuz why not do it all the once pilot. right that's right I mean, there was, and then they decided they wanted to shoot it in New York, bec- or actually Stanford, Connecticut, because they said it was cheaper. So we shot the pilot in Pasadena, but then we shot the series in Stanford, Connecticut. So I'm flying back and forth. Oh,
0: with a new and kid? And with
2: a newborn. Like, at one point, my mom flew up and took care of the newborn in the hotel. While I, like, I'm flying breast milk all across the country. Like, it was. It was a lot. Guys. That is a lot. And in hindsight, I, there are many pieces of that that I would have done differently to make my life a little more joyous at the time. Um, but how is one to know? How is one to know without hindsight classes?
1: Now, s- sticking to that subject for a second, though. So obviously, you found someone you're, you're, you're. you're uh, I'm assuming married and or not doesn't matter. It's California, but but um, you haven't. You you have a child. Uh, you still want to act? Yeah. Right. So. Do you did you find yourself in this in a conflict and and how did you and if and if so how did you work or did you never really see it as a conflict you just kept going forward and you just kind of took care of itself
2: yeah it ha- did take care of itself i'm actually um an actor in the la- final two episodes of uh, the big c i
1: was
0: gonna say you did put <laughs> yourself in the show but not right? till the end like
2: eventually yeah like and always he, he, this is what's embarrassing like then i have to end up giving myself the roles that like i would normally audition for like the nurse at the thing you know so I you didn't touch at the beginning
1: though
2: no i didn't touch in the beginning why? well because you don't Again, things are changing now with so much content. I feel like there are so many actor-performers and hybrids and, and comedians getting their own shows and people. It's not such a dirty little secret. But at oh, the time, okay. I felt like it was like, um, and I also want to, without the, like, guys, I've been an actor this whole time. <laughs> I've done some kind of cool things.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I was actually a series regular on a show right before I, I sold the Big C. That was short-lived what show was that um, It's called Help me Help you with um, with Ted Danson' oh. was for a network but um, but it, it still it just seems kind of like you're begging and be like can I also be in it and you want more feel stuff. people I more, getting more like checks. tense and yeah. stressed out and whatever um, but now like a- and to answer your question I was kind of filthy jealous the whole time there was always a little bit of like oh, I want to be sitting in the makeup chair. I want somebody to be carrying my shoes and giving yeah. me water. <laughs> um. Well,
1: eventually, if you become a showrunner, right? You're the creator. You could still demand those things. They would just think you're a little bit more annoying, right? Yeah, That's exactly, right. and
2: quirky and weird. <laughs> but now, over time, now I've I've been able to do enough of both. Yeah. Um, that I feel a little more content, and now um, I have a new writing project that I'm like, okay, I'm I'm going all in, like mentally, like I'm not gonna. Um, I, I don't have the stress anymore because I feel like it's a little more my choice. I'm like I could I could not take this writing gig and just audition and do some cool things that way or I could do the writing. So it's my choice and I'm gonna dive into this writing.
1: So but before you got the Big C it sounds like you were doing both. You were writing a lot. Yep. Pitching a lot and yep. also acting a lot. So you were doing both at the same time. Acting
2: less, but definitely always a lot, pretty, a lot commercially.
1: Less because you were putting more time onto the other side? Is that kind of naturally, that? again, going back to what I think one of your teachers said, it's just going to, you know... Right, yeah, in right, direction. the horse yeah. and the right. Drag-
2: because the, the problem is, once I would sign a contract to write a pilot for somebody, then that would take me, that, that became my first position right. job. yeah,
0: okay. So then
2: I couldn't audition to be a series regular on something, because technically I was obligated to this show if it went to series. Even though most of them never uh, did,
0: that's the and you don't know. You're you not don't g- know. You are not do not know until like they make you hang on every.
1: You know totally.
2: So I'm gambling, taking myself uh, out of that game. Yeah. And
1: for those for, for, for people that don't live out here, like that, approximately how much time is that from the time you sell it to the time you have to sit around? Eternity, like, I think.
2: Uh, yeah, like July through February. Yeah.
1: And it and doesn't. that, and seem that like sounds l- quick. That yeah. sounds quick. You know but what it, I mean? But it's like, but it's not. Yeah, it's half a year, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Meaning well, meaning
0: like it can be longer. Meaning yeah. like just the idea from. From sales to completion is, uh, how does yeah. anything get fucking made? I don't know.
1: So um, the, the the big C went for how long?
2: Uh, four seasons. Four seasons. That was Showtime,
1: right? Yep. Yeah. And um, after that, where was your, were you, were you thinking to yourself, this was a great run? Um I want to jump back into acting, or had you all of a sudden developed this new world where it's you? F- it was still taking you in a different direction, or how, well, d- how did it? How did it go?
2: You know what? Then, because um, Sony was my studio, they offered me an overall deal, which I took because it was more money than I'd ever <laughs> knew See? existed. Yeah. like I'd never thought I could make that kind of money in my whole life ever. Uh, I mean,
1: I I, I I always forget about this. It it may maybe it wasn't this, but um, were your parents still alive, and do, is, is one of your first calls to call back home, and, and what is that like?
2: Yes and yes, 100%, always. Okay. Always.
1: And what would you? What was the first time you called? Like, was it, was you well, sold, my, like, it was my like a big celebration.
2: My first, that very, f- that that play that I told you I did with Sean Hayes, mm-hmm. when, when ABC bought it, and this was a gazillion years ago, so I'm just going to say the number, but they, um... another studio wanted it and they kind of duked it out and that drove the price up. And then I think they were going to pay me $45,000 to write that one pilot. Wow. And I was literally let, because I was still working at Starbucks, I believe, at the time. And I called my parents. I just remember my dad saying, like, that's more money than I made at Ford. And I was like, it was so, but he was so excited and celebratory and it was just like. It's a big deal. I'm getting this paycheck for this one Yeah. Now we all know that could be my only job for the (laughs) next (laughs) five years. Yeah, and then you're back at Starbucks. And I got to divide that up like a little pie. Mm -hmm. But still, like that. Fair. I remember where I was on the street on Santa Monica Boulevard, calling from my truck that I was driving, like making that phone call and sharing that information. Yeah. Ah, that's That's so awesome. Yeah. And still today, no matter what it is, I come first. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: That's is there has there been anything you know, because obviously our parents come are generationally so different. So certain things won't matter as much to them. They'll still always be proud and happy. But was there anything that you got, whether it was acting or any gig that you had, where it actually, they, they, they were like, oh, with that person? I know, yeah. Like they, like, so then it had another level of meaning or understanding to them, or was there anybody? I feel like, ever your parents didn't watch a lot of TV. Like, if I had told my dad I work with Ted Dance, he'd be like, Wait, 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 up? Back, back oh, yeah. Right, be, like, right, that mattered right. to him. Like, he could associate. Yeah, you can say Miley
0: Cyrus to your parents, and they'd go, We don't know what that yeah, means, don't. but you say Ted Dance, and No, like, they would say, Are you okay? Because the only thing they've ever heard TV. about people
1: like that is they're in trouble. So they'd be like, Are you okay, son? We need to know.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I think sort of. Mm, definitely Ted Danson. I mean, so na- now it's at the point like I did. I took out a project with Jodie Foster, and then I was told, totally <laughs> "Like, guys, I am working with Jodie Foster." Wow! I told my sister because my sister and I used to like love her movies when we were kids and stuff. So yeah, I it's still so you still get the Hollywoody
1: thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 we we've talked about this before. I've always reminded myself, even though I moved out here in two thousand, so it's like. I try to, I still when I I still have I'm okay with looking at the Hollywood sign and going cool. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not going to pretend like ah whatever now. Like, uh, it's like and it kind of takes away the whole point of what we I look l- at the gray wall of Paramount
0: with whatever oh, movie they, just, they, they put, put they up like gray walls. Like, it's for, it's for it. like they'll put like some crappy like bumblebee or whatever and yeah. I'm, I'm always like cuz that's what I can see from my balcony I'm like Hollywood. Yeah.
2: I know. I, don't I, care I how agree. bad I that love movie it.
0: Is.
1: Yeah.
2: I love it. I
0: love
1: it. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's good to to maintain a level of I guess it would be grounded behavior, but really never forget and appreciate what it is that we get to do. like you said it earlier, like sitting in a writer's room and, and coming up with stories, and just like some people would, would love to do that. They don't have it in them to leave whatever it is they're doing in their lives and the world that they live. And you know, the, you have to remember that that like you said, "I'm going and I'm getting in that car over there, and I'm not coming back. I'm going that way." And I'm going to do that.
2: Well, also, you know, you I don't know if you mentioned this. I don't think you did. But the reason you and I know each other is because we, you just directed me in this, like, little independent film mm-hmm. that our friends did. And that was so so satisfying because it sort of connected me back to, like, us doing it for, like, the love of the game yeah. and for the creativity because our friends just wrote there er, who are amazing people and super talented and they wrote this great script and they thought you know what let's just make it ourselves and they used whatever they used their savings or whatever to like pay people but on like a sag low budget kind of situation and it was so special and so satisfying to me and you're an amazing director <laughs> this is
0: the the uh, someone
1: you should know uh, yes. Yeah. No, 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 no. Other no, this plans. is other plans. Other plans. This is, we've actually, Peter and Sally have both been on this show. Haven't okay. seen. Other Independently. Th- and No, you haven't seen it yet okay. we just, it's in, it's in post now, but, um, and also a personal story. And, yeah. and, uh, and, and you play, um, some of the, again, a previous podcast member and a, uh, rest in peace, uh, Suzanne Crawl. you play, uh, her character. I will just leave it at that. Um because we won't give away too much of the uh, of, of the story. But yeah, it's... Uh, and thank you for the kind words. But uh, as I told you when we did it, it makes it a lot easier when the person shows up and does exactly what you expect them to do. And I know you kept saying to me, like, you're not saying anything. I things. know. <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't know
2: if that but was I considered a... But ba- I trusted that you would. I trusted you. But I just wanted to keep reminding you that you could. You could come give me any kind of notes. Well, I, mean, I will take them.
1: Yeah, and, and not to get too inside with what we did, but I mean, that's a legitimate question that I can ask you as somebody I've never... I mean, I've run my own projects, but I've never done what you've done on that side. And so, like, I mean, I do, I, when you first said it, I'm like, gosh, am I, I mean, I have, I, I will say something when I feel it's necessary, and then when I, I don't, I won't. And I was like, God, is that, does that make me, that, is that bad to not say something? Are actors still, even if it's right, do they want to hear it? I mean, I'm just curious from your standpoint, like from your perspective, and I know it's different from actor to actor, but is it is it preferred that even if you're nailing it that it's sh- you know somebody should say something or
2: um, you know it's funny because I'm I'm actually as an actor working on a project in New York right now and I was just there last week and now I'm suddenly as you're telling the story I'm like oh I think it's me I think I must need a lot of validation <laughs> because they the director then yeah. didn't give m- me or the other actress in the scene um, any notes and I think I assume that's because he was satisfied And the only notes I there was a lot of business of like putting clothes into a trunk and then they'd be like "Mm, you you put the clothes down earlier this time I was like oh (laughs) yeah um but uh but no I I think I think that that is that is standard and a good thing Brian if the director has no notes then um then don't give them. You know everybody's doing what they should be doing.
1: You know my theory was, and I'll explain to you where I was coming from, is that when I saw something working, I have a theory of stay out of the way.
2: Yeah. Well, I think that's just
1: stay out of the way. And if if in the end, before you do the final take, if you really don't think, if you're not quite sure you got what you were looking for, then the notes should come in. Otherwise, just stay out of the way. I mean, there's a reason why you were cast in it, and you got to you. You trust all those things. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. Well, and thank you. And, and there, there's a thing of like, then you do multiple takes, and sometimes you're, the actors on the journey of finding it. So you're right about. But you know what? The other, uh, and I'll tell us like a, an anonymous story. Uh, but the other thing is that you never forget that actors are generally kind of a little bit needy, like you know, kind of for validation. They like to
0: be told they're doing good job. Nah, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I and I
2: I, I, I worked on a show uh, on a, on a series and you know on a tv series you usually have a different director like every episode or every two episodes and so this one uh director was working on this particular episode and um after at the end of that week I talked to one of the lead actors and I was like um who were your favorite directors from this season and he named a couple of people that I was so shocked that he named because they weren't as the showrunner which I was they were not my favorite directors. I, they were not bad directors, but right. they were not my favorite of the group. And then I said, what about this one particular one who had just shot that week? I was like, because I loved her. Like, she was amazing. She gave me everything I needed. This The episode looks so brilliant. I loved her. And he was like, ugh. He's like, honestly, like, she was like, maybe my <laughs> worst one. Interesting. And I was like, why? And he's like, you know what? We were kind of doing this really emotional scene, and like, I just kept feeling like when she came in to give us notes, she we were like, "Well, I mean, how are we doing?" Like, I just because she would come in and give them like little notes to kind of tweak it, but so they were just feeling like they were messing up, that it was terrible, mm. that this and that, and I just don't think she gave mm. them enough of like, "You're doing amazing. You're great, okay. guys. It looks awesome. Uh, can you just do this one thing? But it's so beautiful. You know, just that." That constant validation, which I think can be really <coughs> helpful, and I get when I'm when I'm in front of the camera, I need that too. But that was I, I've never forgotten that because I was like, I gotta remember that when I'm when I'm a producer on set to to give those actors some put them ups as you go, because I was like, that was literally my favorite director and his least favorite.
0: Yeah, and it's literally all it's almost e- all ego based in the sen- in the sense. I mean, there is something to be said for. Tell me I'm doing a good job, so I'll continue to do this yeah. that I'm doing. Cause if there's even one thing you don't like about it, like I'm always trying to please the director. Like yeah. I want the director to go, do great stuff. That's like, right. That's what I want. So when when they're like they come into a scene, there's multiple people hey, Steve, real good stuff. Betty, great <laughs> stuff. Just keep doing that. And I'm like, but was it good? Like, I'll keep doing it, but like Is this what you want? Like, I I get so... I go backwards into my own head so far that I'm just, like, I'm hoping that everything this person is seeing is worthwhile. Because I look at the footage from the first couple takes, and if the footage doesn't look like garbage, like if the guy knows where to point the camera and everything, then I kind of don't look at it anymore... And I rely on the director to say, "Yeah, this is what I want. You're doing good. Yeah. Don't do that again. Do well, this. I,
1: then that sounds like I didn't do that enough, so I want to apologize. <laughs> we're working through our stuff right now. Wow. I want to apologize for not giving enough credit. No. I will say, though, that...
2: No, I wasn't feeling like I was... No, bad. I yeah, I know. Let's okay. j- not belabor we're all, this. Let's not belabor this. <laughs> we're, all,
1: we're all comedians joshing around here. Who is this Josh fella that's <laughs> that, that, that got that word named after him? So um, I will say what's interesting, Like again, from like, my perspective... Like when day one, when you came in and because um, the casting, I didn't I was not a part of that, obviously, as you know. So um, it was it was a collective uh, effort as, as it is usually independently like that. Yeah. A lot of that happens. So when you came in and you guys first started um, running lines, I just that was my thing. I just kind of went back and go, is this the person? Is this is this the persona? Because then, once that persona lived for me, I was like, well, it's all going to take care of itself after that. Like, if you came in and you were completely off, going way, like, yeah. w- wait, what? No, no, no. I mean, I, I read this. We all is. read the same script, right? Everybody, yeah. we all, because that can, if you bring too much, right? Like, it's that thing too much, too little, whatever, right? That, so, once you came in and I just sat back and watched, and I'm like, yeah, she's living in that world. The rest will take care of itself, even if we have to do like little tweaks along the way. And and I think that the, the to if I was to criticize myself based on what I'm hearing you say from the actor's standpoint, which I am not, is that y- you can as a director, for me, if I can get if I get too far inside myself and I just watch it and go, oh, that was great. All right, we're gonna be moving around. Like I'm saying it to myself. Yeah. We're moving on and you're left sitting there going, Okay, um, I guess I I guess I did it. Okay, great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like so there is some give and take. Yeah, just, you have to just kind of you know f- figure your way through it. Or what's
2: I've done commercials where then the hair woman, l- like between stuff, will be like, "Oh my gosh, we're laughing so hard at the monitor," and I'm like, oh, "They're laughing like, because I had no way of knowing because yeah. you can't yeah, yeah, hear yeah, yeah. what's going on behind that the monitor, and if no one tells you, you have no idea what that experience is." So I was like, "Oh my gosh, thanks for telling me. I didn't know."
1: And I'm also, and I, I think I got this from my previous life of being so much in production, of making days. Getting getting the shots, you know what I mean. Like there's yeah. all these other little things that are flowing. And you know, because I'm not telling you, you don't know because of what you have to do. It's like it, it, when you do that as a as a director, when you've got not just the directing, but you're thinking about all these other things you have to handle independently. Yeah. You know, especially when you do it independently, as you know, you kind of get your hands in a lot of different pieces. It there is part of that where it's like you know, cut check print moving on right, which is That's funny. Right. I didn't realize we had the youth there did not know what cut check print meant. Oh, <laughs> because they don't think they do that anymore. Right. Because you don't need to. It's digital. There's no film anymore. You know, oh, that's funny. I didn't think about that. I'm like, why would they hear that anymore? It's like <laughs> we're changing the battery. That's what they hear on set all the time now. Right. That's
2: right. That's so right. Funny. Oh.
1: So can I ask you a question yeah. in, in, in respects to um, how you have balanced your life? You have a family. Um, you get hired to run shows. And I'm assuming um unlike acting where you have a specific role you're going to get your scripts you're going to do your things they're going to give you your days that you're there and the hours that you're there there is a huge difference i think that a lot of people don't realize that when you're in charge of everything that's all encompassing yeah. so how do you find balance in your life like how do you work all that out
2: uh i mean it is a train wreck it is, uh, it is a slow-moving train wreck. Like, it is t- trying to to figure it out. I mean, right now I'm working on a project in New York, so my husband is like, I, I tape a calendar to the wall in our, our bedroom. Like, no shame. We just have, like, paper calendar pages, like, taped up. Um, and trying to... And it's been like that for years. Um, just trying to work everything out. and But I do have a goal of... Of um, trying to focus on one big thing next year and, and try to uh, to hone in a little bit and there and just recently like I was still trying to go out on commercial auditions in between some other things I had going on and then I had to call them, like book me out book me out like I'm getting
1: is it overwhelmed. Too stressful or is it just too much? Well,
2: it was too, I, I literally had too many things so that <laughs> I was because I was working two days a week on the Connors that multicam um, oh, yeah. show which I really love and I love them. And I was like 2 days a week, well I can just work schedule all my other stuff around that cuz 2 days a week is easy.
1: And you were do what were you doing on that show? Uh writing. Writing on the show. And when you say 2 days a week, why only 2 days a week just out of curiosity?
2: Because I had another um because I had a couple of writing projects and <laughs> I have this project in New York that just started in right. September. It's a new Apple show called Dickinson that I'm in. Are
0: oh, you're uh, in, in okay it. And are so you that's on, on Apple? That's for Apple TV. Apple yeah, TV. they're starting yeah. to advertise yeah, saw, like I crazy now. Quick
1: yeah. ad for that. Yeah. But on that one, you're doing more than just acting on that or are you only. So uh,
2: so the first season I came in to help the showrunner. like oh, you get okay. off the ground. Okay. But she's a playwright. She's super smart so that didn't take long so second season she's running it herself oh good i'm a consulting producer so i'm there when she needs me and have helped develop scripts and stuff um, and but now on you're both acting. seasons i'm yeah i'm an actor playing emily dickinson's irish maid
1: that is so awesome fun. And are you digging it
2: loving it and
1: you is the, is is the travel fun still or is it hard because of family or it's is it a little bit of both
2: it, the family part sucks some of the fun out of it. Yeah, <laughs> Cause Cause you have to lie, we're on
1: the phone, right? I'm having a horrible time. Uh, yeah, th-
2: it's th- because of the line. <laughs> Mostly it's because of all the line have to do. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, it, it really is, like, especially last season. I think this season we've now, we've, we're trying to figure it out a little bit better. But um, last season I'd be gone for, like, three weeks at a time and miss my kids' swim meets. and it. And then also, like, the good thing is being kind of alone on my own sort of validated that I'm better as a married family person because I'm not mentally stable enough like walking around in the world alone to just be that lonely that long. Okay. I, got, I get too <laughs> many gotcha. stories spinning in my, in my head. <laughs> too much. I start mm-hmm. to feel like everybody's looking at yep, me. they all the know. Street, they they're all a little know. paranoid. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not... I'm not a healthy person that way, so... <laughs> but here's what's also a little crazy. Like, since I got married, had kids, like, my, my life got, you know, I don't spend time alone, and then last year, I literally was alone in a hotel for three weeks, going to work and stuff, but a lot of alone time, discovered I have severe tinnitus, this constant buzzing in my head, I can only presume it's been going on for years, but it wasn't until I was finally alone, and it was quiet, that I was able to hear it. So and now oh. I hear it constantly like I'm listening to it now. It's like oh. a very loud bee in my ears. So I kind of on some ways I wish I'd never <laughs> I wish I never learned I have it.
1: But right, isn't that yeah,
2: weird that I, weird oh that I didn't God. know it before? It's like because I I was like what is this noise in this hotel you, room?
1: You're so
0: focused on other people and everything yeah. else yeah. going on that you don't have time
1: to So yeah. if nothing if if nothing else uh it, it, your family was distracting you from that. So if they fail you on every other level, right? They have helped you, you know, for years to for not years. know
2: <laughs> with <laughs> you, a chronic, you've got a, ear got a condition bee in
1: your ear. Based <laughs> That's on right. your description. I'm so grateful to them. So yeah. going back to so where this 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 went, uh, uh, where I spiraled it from was that you were working on the counters, but only two days a week. And the reason why I found that interesting was that when you're talking about the writer's room. Uh, dynamic. Normally yeah. you would, th- you know, five days a week, we're all working. Things. Yeah. So ho- what does that mean to be a writer for two days a week? Are you just coming in and sharing ideas or are you actually developing full scripts? I know there's a process for yeah. TV, right? Well, Where first one of person all, two days a week or... is like
2: the job of a lifetime. I'm so yeah. grateful <laughs> to them. Yeah. But I worked full time on that shows when it w- when Roseanne came back. It was the 10th season of Roseanne. You were
1: there full time at that I time. I was there full time. Okay. That
2: job came up. Do so you know I- Whitney
1: and... Yes,
2: I worked with Whitney and I loved her and I had originally met with Sarah Gilbert and and Bruce Helford who runs it and I just liked them so much and I liked the original show and I was like, great, I'm going to do this. That's great. Um, And it was right down the street from my house and that was a bonus. And I (laughs) loved it. It was just a great job and I really like the way Bruce works and I feel like, if I can flatter myself, I work similarly as a showrunner because he is very like even-keeled. He is not a loud person. I like... I do not yell. I am not like a, I do not run things that way. I'm very like um, just quiet and still. Um, but he is very like um, clear headed about his vision. So really fun. Then second season, I had, I think it was this Dickinson I was was doing. Came up, yeah. And so they were so nice because they just felt like I was a good fit in the room and I agreed. And they were like, well, come Three days a week for as long as you can, which was like ten weeks at the time so in that role it's a consulting producer role and to answer your question you c- I came when I the days that I wasn't there, I would get the notes from the days that go out in email and so I tried to keep read everything so I knew what was going on but then I just come in like a regular person take my regular sit- seat at the table and we all sit around and brainstorm and I just jump into brainstorming and so it's not like I bring something extra on that day I'm just a person in the room on that day Okay. and then when they hand out scripts they gave me a script to write which we write at home anyway and I'd bring in and then this last season I had even more conflicts going on and again they were so nice they are like how about two days a week I'm like guys I'll take it <laughs> Although, this this is how, uh, this is partly the encouragement of my very sweet husband. Um, my husband was like, ask for a guest star. A guest star on the show, because you're an actor, too. You do it on the Apple show. You're, like, practically a series regular in the Apple there show.
0: There you go.
2: So I was like, oh, who's going to be on the show, too? And um, he was like, sure, absolutely. Cause <laughs> Because I had done a lot of, like, I would read parts at the table, read and stuff. So and it, they're it,
0: familiar with you already. They know yeah. you're an actor, too. It's like...
2: And I ended up doing <laughs> a super small role uh, of a therapist, but it was in this really great scene with Sarah Gilbert and Johnny Galecki, and I was just... It was so fun. I was proud to be a part of it, so I got to do both things.
1: That is awesome, right? Yeah. I mean, that, well, it, and it you've kind of come to the point where that's what you'd like to do, right? I mean, I'm assuming... What's the... When, when you've been, in, been involved in so many different levels and you have your first loves, second loves, the paycheck loves, look, all those things, and you start looking forward, obviously you're a very forward thinker because we've, the, otherwise you would have gotten to where you are now. Like wh- How do you see this playing out for you? Like in an ideal world, obviously we can't guarantee anything.
2: Um, you know what? I used to say that I would, and Liz Feldman helped me craft this, um, that I wanted to be... Um, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Who's that guy? Larry David. Yeah, yeah. Like the kind of, because he was behind the scenes creator guy who then made his own show starring him. And I was like, well, that's a good template because I'll be behind the scenes for a while, like writing stuff for other people, and then eventually find kind of a a quirky platform that stars myself. So that could be one version. Um, But, you know, I don't know. Right now, just kind of, like literally playing this Irish maid is so satisfying to me. It's like I do like six out of 10 episodes or maybe seven out of 10. Um, It's a really cool, juicy character part and fun. And then I'm going to um, dive into, I sold a a pilot that got picked up straight to series and I'm gonna jump into that and focus on that completely as a showrunner. Um, and that's so satisfying that I'm not feeling like, oh, when's my next acting gig? I'll just kind of take it as it comes after that.
1: Yeah. Straight to series, uh, is that pretty typical or no?
2: Not typical, and it was so, like, I don't even, I'm just counting my lucky stars, but this is what I have learned. Selling things with a star attached is very helpful, and um, so it's a project called Carla, and it's based on this British series called Miranda, Um, and, but, we have Maya Bialik attached to star in it. And I met her. She's amazing. I couldn't be more excited and um, developed the show around her kind of based on this British format. And we took it out and, and, um, and Fox picked it up straight That's to great. series for at wow. least six episodes. So yeah, very... <coughs> Very strange. But again, I don't feel guilty about my success because I've been told no so many times. <laughs> no, you should uh, you That is okay. A, <laughs> I mean,
0: there should be no guilt because <laughs> the only guilt would come is if you just like landed in town yesterday and someone's like, here's a billion dollars. Yeah. But th- th- that doesn't happen to anybody. Even people we th- like, we look at and go, oh, overnight success. That's such a misnomer. Like. Overnight success, this person has been struggling and trying and, and attempting and writing pilot after pilot that gets rejected, or show after show that gets rejected, or going out for a million auditions, and then finally one thing happens, it blows them up. Everyone's like, Oh, John Ham, overnight success yeah. got madman's like that guy was waiting tables, yes. go to audition going to auditions like everybody else in the city. He was stealing napkins for, a good for toilet years. paper. Don't- What's that?
2: Ste- stealing napkins for toilet yeah, paper. That yeah, He's, like he's no better than any yeah. of us. You know. I mean that.
0: It's 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 so much work that I I would hate for you to like ever feel guilty about like oh man I, I thank I, you John. I, you're very you're very fortunate, and, but because you put in the effort and the work and you keep going, you know.
2: Yes.
1: And acting and writing. Writing takes time. Oh God, it writing does. sucks. It's so painful. It Can sucks. With it. with um <laughs> with writing. Because you're, you, how do you train a muscle? How have you learned to, to train yourself to? Mu- There's different types of writing, right? You write a script for a feature, you can sit on that thing for months, right. years, whatever you go to television they're like all right all this is great this has got to be done for right such whole, and such gotta time you got to shoot the whole season of this so and i'm assuming initially did that did you ever feel the pressure of that and if you did how did how did you hone that to turn it so it wasn't interfering with your ability to be creative and get the job done and basically hold your job right
2: yeah i mean i i do i'm i'm kind of an anxious person and i write quickly anyway Um, so, and I, I, there's a lot of TV writers that I know that they're like, oh, oh, I write, I can write quickly. Like that, that is a skill that I think comes with being uh, a TV writer a little bit. We don't read quickly. Turns out we had a (laughs) conversation. We had a conversation about that on the, in the Connors one time and Bruce Halford was like, he's like, I'm a really slow reader. I was like, really Bruce, really being honest because (laughs) that makes me feel really good because I'm a really slow reader and it's sometimes stressful um, so it made me feel good that he was too and then almost everyone around the table said the exact same thing they're like oh my gosh I'm such a slow reader and maybe it's because we're distracted because sometimes I'll read half a script and be like damn it I don't know what's happening I have to go back and start again because I was yeah. thinking about something else Okay, um, so
1: I have that same problem. So I used to think I just had extreme ADD and couldn't focus, like just
2: maybe we do. Well, who knows? Why? Why label us? Yeah. but the point is, well, you
1: guys started by labeling yourselves redheads that were trying to get rid of the whole redhead scene, except for John. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying. We've to, already yeah. been labeled.
0: But I was going to say, I I'm had just a guy
1: who lives in a basement.
0: I had an English professor who said once in class that slow reading was like, uh, or goes fast reading is like fast fucking. There's no place for it. <laughs> He's like, take your time. This is high school? This was yeah. This was this was fifth grade. Um, no, this was college. But I mean, I, I always I always remember that, remembered that like, yeah. Take when you're reading something, you can take your time. You don't have to be fast with it. You, however long, however you can comprehend it, just take your time.
2: I okay, fine. I mean, it's nice that he said that because it makes <laughs> us feel better. But <laughs> honestly, like, I think it's because like I have d- two girls and one's. Uh, one just doesn't love reading; it's not her thing. She's an athlete. She's a whatever. Yeah. But the other one is an avid reader and reads all the co- time. And when I look at the two of them, I'm like, oh, that was like my sister and I. My sister read all the time, and I didn't. And I think I, I literally just didn't develop the muscle to read quickly.
0: Well, but I too. I mean, that's what that people who write fast, like you say, those are people who've been writing and writing and writing and writing. Yeah. They're not like sitting down like, oh, I write fast. I just wrote my first pilot. Like they've they've been in writers' rooms. Like Whitney's been writing scripts, and they've been yeah. all been writing forever. So. They write quickly now because they have an idea of the format. They have an idea of how that's many pages right. and when to be at this section and when to be at what page yep. that we should be wrapping it up and
2: Well that's the other thing. In a room, like there's there is a very, you know, cut and dry it's like how do you make a McDonald's hamburger? You know, like you you have to go through a very specific process. You know where the act breaks are, you know what page they're supposed to end on. So by the time you get you do your story area, then you do your outline, and then you go off to script. It's um, you know, it, it it's it's such a specific process that you're kind of it helps you stay on track. And I think. and that pre
0: work is necessary. You know what I yeah. mean? Like all that stuff is will eventually help you put that on the page and make make it make sense. Yeah,
2: new writers always want to be like, I just want to get to the script. I'm like, okay, but if you just write the script. <laughs> Then you're going to have to go back and write an outline because you're going to realize that <laughs> act one you're ended on the same page your entire script was supposed to end <laughs> on. Yeah,
0: yeah. You're going to have a 90 page yes. half hour sitcom written <laughs> out, and it's not going to be good for anybody. Like,
2: yes. But by all means, you do that. Yeah. You go
1: treat yourself. And kid. I'm, I'm yeah. sure
0: people will do that and then go, oh, yeah, I see why you yeah. do the outline. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Do
1: you think you're, I used to feel bad about the, uh, the fact that I wasn't, um, that I was not a, a, a big reader. But I realized later on in life that I was the muscle that I that I had more. I became an extreme observer, meaning I can sit in a room, and I my brain is working at such a speed of picking up information, and or if someone was discussing a book or discussing an idea, the way I was absorbing it was a lot faster because I wasn't I I don't want to it's gonna sound horrible, but I almost kind of had to cheat my way through stuff. Like if I wasn't a big reader in high school, but you had to read something. I would just go to somebody else and, like, tell me tell me about it. Tell me some, like, s- and uh, you like absorb that information, and then you spew it back out. Hmm. And I used to feel bad about that, like, well, maybe I'm just an idiot. I mean, I still, I'm probably just an idiot. But I used to think to myself, maybe I am I must be stupid because nope. I'm not reading enough. You're executive I'm material. Not-
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We're going to move you up. Yeah.
1: yeah. You're yeah, in charge out, of yeah, all up. of us now.
2: Well, <laughs> so Tiffany Haddish in her book Unicorn, or uh, Last Black Unicorn, which is amazing, Um, she... Couldn't didn't learn to read in school. She was a fa- she had a, a really difficult childhood, and it wasn't till I mean like crazy pants like eighth grade or high school or something. And a theater teacher was giving her sides to read, and she'd be like, "Oh, I'm gonna take it home." And she said she had all these like little things that she used to fake her way through. She's like, "Because then I would wait and talk to somebody or get somebody to read it to me, and then I was so good at memorizing and this and that." And anyway, that, that theater teacher ended up figuring it out and teaching her to read, which is amazing. But I also, w- what came across in that story was how she, how friggin' smart she had to be to have developed these other skills right. to cover that.
0: Yeah, that if she was, uh, it just took someone to sit down and take the time with her and she learned to read. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like she she was already intelligent.
2: Yeah, but to but to even to have have someone read it to you and, and memorize it quickly enough to then repeat it the next day. Like, yeah. I couldn't do that.
0: No, 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 no. But there are, I mean, it's, 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 it's like, um, and this is just because she wasn't given the opportunity, but it's like a, a someone, like if you've ever had friends who are like always trying to do some illegal scam, they always want to do something like, oh, this could make me a million dollars. You know, if you spent even a third of the time just getting a regular job, that you do figuring out schemes and ways to scam the government and whatever you're trying to do here, you'd already have the money for rent. You'd already have a respectable (laughs) position. That's not fun. That's exactly (laughs) right. It's like there was a very funny Key and Peele sketch where he was like, they're playing, they are clearly criminals. And this guy's like, I got an ID. We're going to rob a bank. And he's like, dude, robbing a bank is crazy. No, check this out. Here's my plan. He lays out the blueprints. He's like, we walk right in the front door. We get jobs there. Okay? <laughs> we start working there for, and then we they give us paychecks. And at the end, he's like, "Employment." You're just you're describing employment. We're going to be employees of the bank. He's like, "We're going to rob
1: that place." He's like, "No, that's not what you're talking about." It was just a very
2: that's so awesome. Oh my experience.
1: god! So the key and peel thing, I forgot to tell you this. Yeah. So upstairs, which you have been upstairs because we filmed upstairs, mm-hmm. I have a fake fireplace. It came from oh, the yeah. Herald Examiner, a building that I used to run. That oh. Key and Peel had built a set in the Obamas no 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 no, oh, so no. I it was just it was just one of their it was oh, one okay. of their it, one of their sketches right and so when the when the, the sets were being torn down, I took it brought it i actually first brought it home to use in a movie that I shot um so it, it brought it home for that, and then I just kept it because the building got shut down, et cetera so it's always been up there, the key and peel fireplace right so I'm on Hulu and I'm like, oh, Key Peel. Like, I've never seen any of the sketches. So There's I'm like, my fireplace. So I'm, I just, like, I'm just curious to see some of the sketches. Oh, that's that a I worked good on. sketch
0: show. It's very funny.
1: So I get to that one, right? And <laughs> the fireplace uh, played a very pr- predominant role oh, no. in it. It was um, uh, Peel masturbating on it. <laughs> oh, and I'm watching this going, cool. <laughs> Currently, it has all my kids' photographs on it. But, um, <laughs> that's awesome. I guess I won't be showing the kids the don't scene of where the, oh, where, where the fireplace <laughs> came exactly from. Don't show them where the fireplace is from. exactly what I was
2: planning to do before I saw it. Okay. <laughs> I remember
1: walking and telling my wife the look on her face, and I'm like... I, I hear you, Yeah, but we it's all doesn't fake. It doesn't make sense it's, it's, right it's now. Not, it's, it's all fake, obviously. <laughs> this wasn't a surveillance video. Yeah, this was right? him this with was a camera yeah, crew yeah, this, and yeah. people that worked there. They wrote this sketch. But it, is, it was pretty funny <laughs> that that's what it was built for. was that's literally hilarious. that, right? Yeah. Oh. Now nah, it was in there. Do you, because of the way that you've had success on multiple levels, and specifically being in charge of shows, you were talking about still having to audition. Did that ever make it hard for you did it ever make it frustrating for you because you are on the uh, you're on the you're on the end side of the product right but you're still going out on the front side of the product as well did you ever come in contact with this like
2: Ugh! no i mean honestly it's it's made the other side much easier because i see because i cast people on that side and one thing i see from casting uh, yeah. is that i'm like wow there are a lot of talented people like i very rarely do i see somebody who i'm like Ugh, what a <laughs> terrible actor like that people are lovely they're all so so much talent out here so then it kind of frees me up when i go in that i'm like first of all i'm more than ever i'm like i'm gonna do my version i'm gonna do my thing and i'm just make gonna choices like choices yeah, yeah i'm gonna feel great about it make it the most me and then if they want me, they'll pick me, and if they want somebody else, that's fine. But if I just do me, that'll that'll and usually, if they like head. what
0: you did, or even if, if what you did might be off from what they were thinking, yeah. they see that you made those choices. Yes, you went with it. Yes, and now all they have to do is go, Hey, could you do this instead? and then you just adjust. And if they can talk to you and you can talk to them, and that adjustment's made with very little effort or very little like outward effort and no complaints, then that is huge.
2: Huge, and also the knowing that sometimes that doesn't mean that part, but it could be mean the next part. <coughs> I mean, a lot of times we'll be like, "Oh, but let's put a pin in so and so." for That one we need. We blank liked her, be but blank.
0: episode six, we have someone who she could definitely be. Exactly, like, yeah.
2: and then also because I don't rely on that as my only career, it's less stressful because I'm not like attached to the result as much. Yeah.
1: But so you can then, have more fun. where
2: I have had that cringeworthy feeling is, I booked a gas commercial like a year. more ago and I was so pumped because nobody enjoys commercial work more than me like I that was my bread and butter when I very first started I'm so great like it's just I love it so I was so excited and I went for my costume fitting and this young 20 something costume director was so rude and sarcastic to me and I was like I was sort of blown away like is this even happening and uh, like I put a jacket on I was like oh wait I kind of uh, have to pull my sleeve through the jacket here. It kind of got scrunched up in there. And she's like, have you ever put on a jacket before? <laughs> <laughs> what? And that was just like the tip of the iceberg. It went off. She's like, could you please not stand over here? Uh, oh, did you not see that I was busy with him? Like wha- blue. And I so badly in my want- mind wanted to be like, mm, it's just, I, I don't know, it's kind of interesting because I often find myself in a position of hiring. People. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and I, and I would like, never hire
0: anyone with your shitty
2: attitude. But then I just I went into my special therapy room in my mind and I thought, <laughs> you know what, I'm here to be an actor on a commercial, and she hasn't said anything totally degrading to me, and I can handle it. So I don't. It's not fun for me right now to go tell on her with the producers or whatever. So I'm just gonna keep a smile on my face and just enjoy my commercial. So I didn't do anything. Yeah, because I've have had that moment where I was just like. Are you kidding me? Like, really?
0: And the beauty of commercials is it's usually a day and you're done. Like, That's you right. might do a fitting and then you go in. But it's not like you got to then be fitted for 90 outfits from this person, see them every day. they day. You know, it's yeah. just you, you have to deal with them. And you're like, okay, once you get on set and you're dressed, you never really talk to them again. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Well, I
1: have two school of thoughts, too. One is you, we always have to remember we, we we don't know what got them there that day. There could have been something that set them off That's that right. day. Sure, it's always sure, a, but sure. But, again... It's difficult to lean on that one because some people are just truly jerks or like that all the time. But the other yep. thing is to, um, you know, I, I just kind of look at life like, all right, just roll with it and move on. You know what I mean? Like, we're not going to be hanging out. You know, you know what I mean? The, at the end that's of the day, right. you're not going to hang out with that person. That's, if that's the miserable life they've chosen to live, wow, well, that's on them. That's right. Yeah.
2: And, and honestly, they probably won't have a ton of success if they keep that attitude and then it'll be a self fulfilling prophecy and maybe exactly. they'll yeah. find something that's a better fit for them and
1: it takes care of itself they can go in be in waitresses at Ed DeVebbix <laughs> <laughs> is that still a
2: thing? It's I think so it's not yeah. John you really just aged yourself although really? De the reference Ed DeVebbix isn't around? <laughs> But not for a long time, right? Oh, really?
0: I
1: think it. Closed well, out they a
0: still long have time. places where the waitresses or waiters get sassy with you and talk shit for no reason.
2: Wait, that's are you talking about in Chicago or did yeah. they have one out here? No, I'm
0: talking about
1: Chicago.
2: Oh, okay, it, it, it might be there then, but I thought they had a version out here as I well. I think
1: they did. I think it was like a, a chain for a while. Yeah, but I think it was a Midwestern thing for sure, right? Yeah, I mean it okay. was a big.
0: We're going I mean, to Ed the Yeah,
1: or Debevic, right? Debevic. That's a very Chicago. It name, is, by the way. It is like, hey, Don, I'm going over there to Ed the We're gonna have some hot dogs. <laughs> Couple of things before we get out, get you out of here. Um, in 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 your life's journey that you had um, as an actress, what were some of your favorite things that you were like? This is awesome. This is really I you know like where, where you have that moment where you're like, cool. I mean, again, it could have happened all the time, but there was were there any key moments where you're like, I'm really digging today.
2: Um, because I have a terrible memory, I'm going to say the, the project I'm working on now, and partly when we were talking about still enjoying Hollywood mm-hmm. and all this, because the show I'm working on, it, first of all, like despite the as much time and energy as I've given to the writing career, I'm still so kind of grateful that I get to be in front of the camera sometimes. And this show is set in the 1850s. So whenever you just look around and see something that Hollywood created, you're like...
1: <laughs> Especially that, so extreme. Yes,
2: I'm like, Hollywood created the 1850s. And all these props people and all these designers made everything so specific and accurate. It's amazing. And then I get into this amazing huge hoop skirt and, and this, this um, big outfit exactly as they wore Um and it, it's, so, it's so cool, and I have to uh, consult with a dialect coach to get the dialect. I just feel like I'm getting all of the Hollywood things I ever dreamed of yeah. to be in front of the camera, and it is so cool. And I, every, every day that I spend on set doing that role, I, I have that. I'm just so grateful, and I'm like, I want to do it right, and uh, this, is what I, this is what I dreamed of.
1: And how do you sit in those costumes, or do, you just, do, they, do they just hang you up?
2: Yeah, pretty much, okay. Well, because they do, you have to wear those, uh, the corsets, and I did have a, I was like, you know, you don't actually see the corset. <laughs> like I did get to to a point where like I like being accurate, but but um, if you're not gonna
0: see it and it's <laughs> uncomfortable, why do I gotta do it?
2: I did have that moment, but that's how great they are because that's how specific they're like. Nope, they would have worn <laughs> it. But I, my first day on set, when they were like, "Do you want me to like untie the back during lunch?" and I was like, "Nah." I figure if I'm like in it, I should just stay in it for the rest of the day. And that was the only day I did that. <laughs> you because were like, I you was,
0: "Can
1: untie it?" <laughs> I was
2: having like severe panic in the middle of the lunch where I, like. Trapped Trapped in my own body. Trapped in my own body. Can't breathe. Can't breathe. Oh my how God. did these people eat
1: back then? Ma'am, well, they did not. The women did not, did not eat right. back then. That's how.
0: Also, they all lived to be 14 years old, and then <laughs> yes, they died. that's so. exactly
2: right. Again, going
1: they back never ahead. grew out of, into an adult frame. Uh, Hank Williams. <laughs> all the way back to Hank that's Williams, what I was right? thinking 29,
2: Ooh, and 29, and he died at twenty. And he
1: died at 29. Oh. Well, thank you so much for sharing.
2: You guys are the yeah. best. This has been so fun. Yeah, thank
1: you. Um, and you
0: can see uh, that the... Um, uh, Dickinson is on Apple TV. Yeah, when does
2: it all out? start? Yeah, so November first they're oh. going to premiere, and then I, I think they release the whole first season at once. I'm not quite sure about that, but but Apple TVs, or I guess what the Apple streaming service, will premiere November first. So
0: okay, so it premieres when the service premieres, essentially. Correct. Oh, awesome! So. If you guys have an Apple TV or you're thinking about getting it, there's a or no an one. app,
2: I think it's like an app on your phone
0: even or easier, yeah. even Look easier.
2: Look at us
1: all talking about apps. What
2: are these app things? How, oh and my <laughs> goodness. Yeah, I think the phone d- has to be on.
1: <laughs> if you could taken no, me back. No, first I flip up my screen, right? I flip <laughs> up the screen and what numbers do I dial to get this? You press 3 four times to get the D oh. and then <laughs> um, now can I get this show on my album, my album player? I th- it comes on the phonograph. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah if that and then if you haven't seen the C word I would check that out as well Yeah, it's you sh- so
2: you might want to look under the big C because that's it's title but everybody oh. I, I don't even understand like truly we developed it because Showtime originally said call it the C word because we had the L word and it will be a fun thing and then when we started to move forward they were like no that's that's too silly let's make it it's own thing and we yeah. call it the big C yeah, but also still people it reference it as show, a like C the C word, word all the time wouldn't have
0: made sense. What's up? Connecting it with the, the L word wouldn't have made sense.
2: Yeah, like they're just two entirely different shows. Yeah,
0: oh, yeah. Um, sorry, the big C, Laura no. Linney. It's on Showtime. I think it's still up there, right? They still have it's it. It's yeah.
2: not. And I wish it what? were because I think it would actually make real cash uh, from it. But it's you, the only way you can get it is if you buy the, c- are they called CDs or DVDs?
0: DVDs. DVDs. <laughs> Betamax? <laughs> um,
2: on Amazon. <laughs> You like you cannot find on any streaming service. It's such a well, bummer.
0: Well, that could, and then that could change. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's they, right. I'm they, hoping some of that stuff comes and goes. They put stuff on Netflix, they take it off. Showtime that's will bring right. stuff back. So
2: that's
0: right. Um, I I would hope they would bring something like that back, only because it's a subject matter that is still relevant and will be relevant. Are until are still dying, guys. We've decided that we've cured yeah. cancer. You know.
2: Yeah. All
0: right. Um.
1: All right. So go buy those DVDs, then, everybody.
2: I guess.
1: Yeah. Hey. Why not? To it. I still like to get, you know, the touchy-feely hard copies to show up every yeah, once in a while. Collectors, in. collectors still love the DVDs. <laughs> Actually, I was just kidding. I, you can I, sell
2: them on Craigslist if you don't. Oh, we talked on about Craigslist off-air, so now it's not my reference. No, no, we talked Craigslist. about Craigslist. We, we talked
1: about Craigslist.
2: Did we? Yes. Yeah, okay. It's hard to...
1: We, we blur the lines How between reality and podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Also,
0: this is day three, so... <laughs> We've done okay. a lot of different it's stuff. It's
2: like a dance marathon. Jerry Lewis comes
0: out like, all right, everybody. like, How long is this going to be? Well, Jerry Lewis is here.
1: It's a <laughs> I'll still, uh, I, I, I We'll leave on this, but I remember um, being able to go to a set. I think it was the last movie Jerry Lewis ever made. And uh, I saw him sitting in his trailer. like The trailer door was open. He was in a seat, literally just sitting right to the door, staring out. And... I had this internal battle of like, you know, when I was a kid, I used to watch Jerry yeah. Lewis movies. And I really want to go over and just be able to say, I mean, I'm physically in the same area as the guy. I go say hi. And then there's the other side of me. It's like, everybody says he's a complete jerk and an asshole. It's going to wreck everything in your life. And so, like, literally, I think at one point you made eye contact from a distance. And I was like, well, this is just an awkward eye standoff now. So I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and leave. Goodbye.
0: Yep. And, and you probably it. you probably would not have been super impressed with me
1: upon me. Maybe him. I made th- I guess again going with it that was the right choice at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that sad note. <laughs> Darlene Something Hunt thank you so much for Yes, you thank guys you are very the best, much. So fun. Really
0: appreciate thank it. Thank you. Uh, thanks everybody for listening and uh, tell your friends. <laughs>